0: Hi, everyone. This is the Jade Marisa podcast, and this is episode 25. I'm here talking to you from Thailand about the good, bad, and ugly in pop culture in and around Thailand. So, my guest today has dabbled in everything combat sports yes. competing, emceeing, commentating, promoting, and productions in underground MMA. Here is John Nudd. Yes,
1: thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Again, love, love doing this. I've, <laughs> I've known Jade for a long time, we've known each other for a while. And again, it's a family from from that Ma- from master woody and you know that i know the master toddy as well and obviously aaron and adam the, the, the crew i know the jill <laughs> hey jill, you know. jill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no definitely I've, I, as i've grown up in martial arts around thailand or muay thai around thailand and john's always been there too like you've yeah. you've developed so much in the mma scene in thailand
1: Yes, yes, yes. Well, again, I would technically be a pioneer in the uh, MMA world of Thailand. I don't know about a pioneer in Asia. I guess you could throw me into that category because I've promoted enough shows to be in that category. But the uh, tough thing about podcasts is, like, you, 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 like I don't like to brag. And yet it's like I'm I mean, talking about you. myself. Yeah, yeah exactly. So how do I how do I get around it without seeming like a, a jerk off? Yeah, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll work out. Uh, right. We can flow. But I mean, again, yeah. What 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 do we want to chat about today? Because I can go across the map. We can go history. We can yeah, go. Yeah, we'll
0: start off with your story. So first question: When did you get into fight sports?
1: Uh, I got into fight sco- uh, sports. I think like a lot of people. Like, well, again, you had your your pops. My mom was the one that put me into combat sports. So my ah. mom put me into taekwondo. Uh, You're
0: the second guest That we had this Oh yeah? Yeah Yeah. You know Chris Lawrence Yeah yeah. Chris Yeah same Same story I
1: think a lot of Americans Because he's American
0: He's American Swedish Okay
1: he's American Mm -hmm. Swedish But like a lot of Americans uh, Man I grew up When the Karate Kid was out Like I grew up When the first Karate Kid was out Daniel LaRusso You know Mr. Miyagi-san And um, my mom put me And my brother Into Taekwondo I think I was like Five or six When she put me in My brother's four years old And he was a little bit late But did Taekwondo was my, uh, was my first with Brian Malik. I got like my black belt similarly to a lot of people in Taekwondo. Like I got my black belt when I was like 14, 15. Wow. But is it really a yeah, black yeah. belt? You know what I mean? Now that I'm a more educated martial artist, I don't know if I would go back and consider my skills back then uh, <laughs> <laughs> up, to, up to par. Um, as an American, when I got to high school – Taekwondo probably wasn't the coolest. And I was like thinking about girls and it wasn't really the, the, you know, you wanted to play American football, American football is what got you there. My American football coach, the lineman coach was also a wrestling coach. So mm-hmm. I got it. I, I did. I was a wrestler in high school as well. Um, and remember, you know, I was around for the first UFC. My mom, wow. my mom got me the pay-per-view of the first UFC uh, with good old, um, obviously hoist winning it hoist gracie winning it but everybody remembers the big ah, man i don't even remember his name it's gerard who kicked out the tooth but remember that first tooth that got kicked out in the first fight and went in i remember being in my basement with a whole bunch of like kids that were you know 11 and 12 years old like (laughs) (laughs) and obviously you know i i'm also a product of hulkamania oh
2: nice so i grew
1: up Watching WWF. WWE, yeah, WW, which was WWF,
0: yeah.
1: before the whole World Wildlife Federation. I grew like, up with that today. too.
0: My brother yeah. just used me as a dummy to <laughs> practice his wrestling moves on. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah. older
1: brothers will tend to do that <laughs> to the younger siblings. So yeah, I went from from there and then uh, you know, got into college and did my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu stint for a little while. I've also trained a lot of uh, Kung Fu, oh, cool. a lot of Kung Fu yeah. and uh, Tai Chi yeah. under uh, Clyde Ince. In Los Angeles, California.
0: Oh, so you're Um, you're not from L.A., though?
1: No, I'm not from L.A. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. It's a mutt. My uh, my dad lives as a rancher in northern Montana. Mm -hmm. My mother lives down uh, on the Delaware, near Philadelphia, Delaware-Pennsylvania border. Brother is still in Boston. And uh, I came to Thailand for the first time in 2004, uh, pre-tsunami, and... The tsunami, though, is why I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Like I came here pre-tsunami, I came from Muay Thai. Um, uh, I had a portion of a security company in Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. and I would travel each year. Like the 2002, 2003, I was going to Amsterdam to go to Majiro Gym and wow. Boss Gym and all the sick kickboxing gyms out there. Um, so I was, I was traveling for martial arts. And I came here in 2004, I fought uh, in Patong Stadium was my first fight in oh, Thailand, nice. good old Patong stadium. But by the way, Patong stadium in 2004, you had like John Wayne Parr, wow. you had Jabba, you had Ramazan, Ramazan being like wow. the s- scariest person that I ever knew in, in uh, Muay Thai back then. Um, and you had all the greats. I mean, you had Bokau, like it's, really? the, year, it, it's the year, yeah, he was visiting, he was doing his little tours yeah. down there, he was doing the, his Y crew shows down there. Yeah. 2004 was his world max though championship so i mean like i really was into all of that type of stuff um aside from muay thai at that time thailand was not my scene i didn't care about the food or the beaches or the ladies or the nightlife or just any of that type of stuff strictly for the fight scene strictly for the for the fight scene until i got to Kobe p and Kobe p was where i like fell in love with thailand Kobe p was just such a it was like a it was like a screensaver. And you were just I mean? there
0: for vacation? It was just
1: yeah, I was there. Um, my parents yeah. had gotten divorced that year mm-hmm. and my like I saw no reason to come back for Christmas. Yeah. And my mother was like, You're a horrible, horrible son if you don't come back for Christmas. And uh, the guilt trip uh, led me to leaving Kobe P on the twenty-fourth, flying out on basically Christmas Day, and my whole family was gonna convene in in uh, in Los Angeles. And meet. when I landed in L.A., the tsunami had happened.
0: Oh, you landed in L.A.? Are you
1: with me? Because of the time of the other side of the globe. So when I had left, wow. we were all right. When I had landed in L.A., it had already gone down. So like, you know, Co-PP. So
0: as we were flying pretty much, as we were yeah, traveling. Yeah, the whole
1: thing was going down. Definitely. And I mean, like, I I kind of consider myself a survivor. I'm not a survivor, you know what I mean? You kind of are
0: though, just yeah. by the nick of time, really. Like,
1: I consider my mom, like, if so, I still had friends that stayed there, and they were all in PV Villa, yeah. in, on the bungalows on the beach. Probably didn't wake up. They're all gone. Aww. You know what I mean? They're all gone. Uh, they were all picked up and put into the reservoir on one side, and on the other side, put it. Remember, it wasn't one wave. It was the flow of of the tide right we found that out because everybody thought a tsunami before that was like japanese wave tsunami well crashing. it's the
0: tectonic plates, right so right like when they move around i guess yeah it goes wherever that so again the shift
1: in the tide we i actually have friends that were diving at the time <gasps> i have friend and no because nothing happened to them are you with me so the boat went out the boat with the tide just went up and down everybody thought it was a wave that was going to crash over the boat that's not how it worked the tide just r- rose, and again, the mass flooding happened on the island. Kopp P is set up like a like an hourglass, right? So mm-hmm. you have big mountain on one side, big mountain on the other side, beach cove, beach cove, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the wave first came in on, on that side, and, you know, they, well, it didn't. The tide went out. Remember, right. the tide went out, and then there were stupid people that were like, oh, the tide's out. That's peculiar. I'm going to go pick up a fish. And then when they picked up the fish— boom wall of water smacks them and
0: even like over the mountains
1: well it didn't come over the the sides it went but the through, water was strong through. enough that it went through wow. both sides like because you've been to ko right yeah so when you get off of that pier and then you co- come to the back where tonsai beach is yeah. it went all the way through on both sides and they say that it hit four times on one side three times on the other and there were obviously people that went straight up to the mountains. Um, a majority of the casualties happened when people went up to the mountains and they thought it had stopped. And they it were like, the oh, down. we're going to go back down. We're going to go back down, find those bodies. I can hear him yelling in Swedish. I can hear him in Finnish. Right. I can hear him in other Scandinavian languages. And then you just hear the voices stop stop screaming. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Uh, do we just we got too morbid right there, right? <laughs> a little, little sad, but yes, that's uh. And
0: wait, you said your friends who was who were diving at the time were not. So afraid. I had
1: friends that were diving at the time, and and the boat would go out went out into a uh, PBLA Bay or whatever, and that they said that that they immediately got pushed down to the bottom. So they like <gasps> they felt it. They got pushed down. They're on on the bottom of the the they're on the bottom of the ocean on the sand, all looking around. You know, again, that's peculiar. It stops. They go up to the boat. The boat has been signaled that there's a tsunami and, and most of them got, uh, piled back in and then driven to the nearest place where they could climb up a mountain. My buddy, Sammy Miami, who you have met, he's been to a bunch of my shows. I know that you know who he is, but he owns resorts down on Lipe now. Mm-hmm. They owned uh, bookstores on Copy P at the time. He and his sister were on the morning boat, the morning boat left, left at seven thirty, And, uh, they left on the morning boat on at, at the seven 30 boat they got a distress call that there was a tsunami. And so their boat actually pulled into Koh Long and then everybody moved to the top top because again, everybody thought it was going to be a big wave. Right. But what actually just happened was the boat got raised and, and they didn't even know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh,
0: well, so they were on the top of the mountain.
1: Yeah. So then they got, you know, cause some of the boats would just drive in and go straight up the land. Cause you were worried that something was going to come. So it was, it was a race to the top. Wow. You
0: know? So then they were on top of the mountain. They could actually watch it. Happening. Correct.
1: And then That's I mean, crazy. yeah, I have friends that you know, man, I had uh, multiple friends actually, I had two friends that committed suicide from like survivor's guilt, oh,
0: PTSD,
1: yeah, just well, again, survivor's guilt, like they lost their friends, felt really, you know, um, really bummed. You know, I had a, a again, we had a couple friends, like the worst ones are on a survivor's guilt note and a survivor's struggle. I'm not gonna say their names, they know who they are, mm-hmm. but like I have buddies that. Um, when the waves came in, obviously people tried to get to the hotels, like PB princess that didn't get all the way torn down and they tried to get up to the top right. in there, or they tried to go to viewpoint. There were people that were trying to get through the, the roofs of the, like the Godongs, the shop houses.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have friends that like were, you know, punching the wood as the doors are coming in, as the water's coming in, they're packing ladder on top of shelf on top of couch on top of everything to get punched through the roof and all of a sudden the water's up here and he's getting himself out and he's got somebody grabbing his leg and it's surviving and he's got oh a, uh, and he kicks yeah. off the person and obviously that person's gone so right. and then you just you know you, feel,
0: you remember that after yeah. it, i mean in the moment yeah you have to survive of
1: course of course should. i think i remember that like i was because i i did that and then to bring back those fond memories, I also worked as an extra on that movie, like The Possible, with uh, yeah. Ewan McGregor and The Australian. Very lovely lady. And uh, there's a scene in there where, like, he's on a, clinging to a tree and he kicks off oh the guy. Oh, my
0: God. And that's I mean, you always, Yeah,
1: that's always the one that, like, well, I mean, again, I wasn't actually on Copp for it.
0: But, I mean, you were still, Buddha, like...
1: Buddha, Allah, yeah. all you guys, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever's out there but looking out for Paul's me. But having close
0: friends who've been through that thing, like, you, you can feel the
1: same. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean again like uh definitely every every boxing day it's the, it's the first thing that I remember, you know what I mean? Wow. And I can, you know, I can care about dang it now and tsunami ding 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 ding. So, yeah. Um but yeah, if it wasn't for the tsunami to come back, I don't think I would be in Thailand. I think I would have gone back, had my vacation, had my fight. Yeah. You know, and uh and and gone back and lived a normal life back in Los Angeles probably.
0: So then why what happened
1: Post Tsunami, I decided that I was going to uh, raise money for HiPP, which was the nonprofit organization working on Co-PP. Um I raised uh, tens of thousands of dollars, um, and and I brought it back, and I came back to CoPP on March 9th. Mm-hmm. I know that because it's the anniversary of uh, the late, great, notorious Big, Biggie Smalls, <laughs> and I got back on that day. I was one of the first Fulong on the island, and I lived there the rest of the time. And, um, what and was it I, and
0: like I, going back there?
1: Still finding bodies, still oh, finding right. wallets, still finding
0: everything. everything. Yeah. Um, the buildings are a
1: mess. Yeah. And I also, it, it also taught me a lot about nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. and like which ones are good and which, I mean, yeah, the corruption in Thailand that we know about is pretty wild. But you know that there are certain people that gave and donated a lot of money and either they donated it to the wrong people because those people already have money. Yeah, or It just went nowhere. It just went nowhere. You know what I mean? So I worked for PP for like three months, and then I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. Wow. And uh, met a nice Thai family. It was a long boat, long tailboat driver. He lost his uh, wife and his kid, and he had no real uh, means of of uh, making an income. There was another guy from UCLA there named Matt Berger, uh, who was a UCLA football player. He and I got along. We built this guy a gym and gave that gym off to him. It was called King Kong Gym. And it, wow. was until, it was there until there until about two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then it and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also opened up my first dojo on Kobe B. Really? Yep. Which was not a dojo. I, I I've been the owner of Wait, three dojos. It, how was it not a dojo? Because uh, it was a bar called the Dojo. <laughs> <laughs> so all we did was play like old Pride UFC,
3: okay, you know, like I, MMA yeah.
1: videos on the screen. Nice. And it was in a dojo style. Like I had. Pictures of Bruce Lee, pictures of uh, – I'm a huge black exploitation film guy, so like Superfly was on the wall as well. Um, Dolomite was on the wall. Uh, Fred Williamson was on the wall. Jim Kelly, do you remember the, the black dude with the afro in, in End of the Dragon?
0: Maybe.
1: Bruce Lee movie, End of the Dragon? Yeah, I remember oh, that movie. That guy, he was like my hero. So he was up on the wall. Um, and, yeah, I had the dojo. It's still running strong for those oh, of you yeah, that ever go to Kobe P. Go say hi to Jordy Nick. He'll come over to you and he'll talk to you in Limerick. He's like Jordy Spaniels drinking Jack Gi- Daniels because he's as British as British can be.
0: Nice. And, uh, yeah. Well, you found
1: another one like that, Re. Yeah, Re. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Re. They all speak in Limerick. They all they all have their weird rapping that they do. But so yeah, it was uh, I was a. I was a down south boy. Um, I fought. You know, uh, I'm like eleven and two. Mm-hmm. In in Muay Thai,
0: were you still fighting whilst you were whilst you had the dojo?
1: Yeah, most of the time. Oh,
0: okay. So
1: like I did um, I did the announcing at the the, the stadium on Kobe P mm-hmm. but the uh, the family that was like my my backers, my protectors, my Thai family that overlooked us mm-hmm. was Una and Wiedem, and they own Reggae Bar.
2: Okay, Reggae
1: Bar is the bar that has the ring in the middle of the of the club that allows people to fight for buckets of alcohol? Yeah, of course. Best place on earth you can go. Um, you should always try to go there and, and again uh, everybody that's now past 2010, like when I go and I see the the Phuket Top Team boys, the the AKA Thailand boys, the Tiger Muay Thai boys and they do their trips out there, mm-hmm. they all like love that type of stuff and I was like, yeah. That was I helped out make Aww. that. That's that's the jam. That's a good
0: story. And, and so yeah, I did
1: um, and then yeah, I was the announcer at a uh, Patong Beach stadium. As well. Oh,
0: so then you moved over to, to Phuket. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and I was doing half time. You just, man, I did like two full years on Kobe P.
0: Wow. And That's a long time in a small on a island. a small
1: island. I basically like debated whether or not I was going to run for mayor or not. I mean, <laughs> everybody knows my business anyway. You know what I mean? Should I do governor? Should I try to become in politics in Thailand? You know I mean? <laughs> that was, like, that my blue, my blue. Yeah, you're doing it all. So, uh, yeah, but then did uh, a lot of Phuket. A lot of Kosamui. fought a lot in Shuang Beach Stadium as well. Um, I hold hold a win over uh, somebody that we also know, big Sasan Gasari, one of my favorite promoters, mass fight, Boa Cao fighting uh, in Cambodia this weekend, October 27th. Um, So, uh, yeah, I fought Sasan. I fought Sasan. Oh, oh,
0: yeah, you fought him, yeah. yeah,
1: I fought Sasan in, I think, 2007,
0: 2008.
1: How did that go? I won, I won, third round, knees. We, won- we almost went over the ropes
0: I can imagine because um, you're both tall guys yeah,
1: yeah. and it was very it was, the
0: referee is probably really tiny
1: man so he's from Iran right they're on Muslim island he came out with the, with the head gear on yeah. and the whole thing like Yusuf or any of the, the yeah. boys and um, and I came out and the US Navy was in town <gasps> on leave so half the stadium is like yelling for him half the stadium is yelling for me it was a real life Rocky moment, you know what I mean? And, and uh, it was awesome. And again, I was so naive, naive at the time that like, after, after the fight, like I remember going over to Suzanne, like, yo, let's go have drinks. Let's go sell, let's go celebrate. And he was like, he was like, I'm Muslim. I don't drink. And I I remember being like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, does it really? And he was like, it does. Okay, I (laughs) I guess it does. So yeah, um, but he, you know, Obviously, we've kept our relationship up, and I, I'm still buddies with him. Um, but yeah, again, back then, I th- I, th- I just think it was different times for the Muay Thai gyms. Definitely, certainly a different time for just Fine. Muay Thai in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, and Phuket, I imagine Phuket in general, crazy now. I mean, I had uh, I worked with Sean Douglas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who was the star, the the fir- one of the first owners of Tiger Muay Thai. Oh, yeah. And I was there when that road only had that gym. Like Muay Thai. And then he started Chilong Chai, which he was going to sell to me up the road, which is now Dragon Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all pre Boyd Clark and yeah. Pika Top Team. I
0: remember. I remember. That. I that. went there, like, yeah, probably before Pika Top Team. Yeah.
1: So when when I used to run that road, it was all like, you know, rubber trees. Yes. Looked like it was straight out of Mortal Kombat. It was kind of
0: scary going yeah. around there at night. It
1: was great. Yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you're like it's scary I'm like, put me out of my element but, but now I'm it's happy. so
0: different you know like every other so, shop is a muay thai gym or a nutrition store or a massage shop
1: correct yeah. and aside from like aside from uh patong it's the only place that's delegated as with its own authority
3: oh so it
1: actually has its own like sanctioning bodies of of police and stuff it's cool. there in Chalong because of how many tourists go there each year and again if you've never been to Thailand and you do come here, you need to go to Soi Thay That's the Muay Thai Road. You can call it either one you or want. Or
0: Tiger Road.
1: Tiger Road, they call it now a lot and because uh, they really have taken over. It's crazy.
0: Well, I mean, they they started it.
1: Yes, yeah, so. they did. They did. And uh, it, that, that whole development, I mean, there should be a documentary or a movie or a book on that. And if there is, I'd love to put a chapter in there because I did get to see the original owners of Tiger go to then the – People that I feel like really built it up. Oh, it's okay, water. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Like I got to see it. Like I was there when Sean Douglas was there, and then I was there when Ray Elbow was there, oh, and then right. I was there when and then I was there when Will Elliott was there. Who I? Yeah, I've been
0: there with when Ray was there and Will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Will Elliott is still the guy that I give the, a lot of the kudos for for making it what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one that got Roger Huerta on board, and Brian Eversoll, Valentina. I mean, you know, all of them. GSP was there because, you know, he was signing stuff for Will. So kudos to Will Elliott. I think he's, uh, I'm not sure if he's in Canada or somewhere like that. Oh, really?
0: Not Singapore anymore.
1: Not in Singapore anymore. He's not. Yeah, he's no longer a part of the team, (laughs) if you will.
0: A lot of people have moved on. Even um, the referee, Oliver Olivier. Olivier. He's moving to France, right?
1: Moving to France in December.
0: Will he still be refereeing for one-shot mission I believe
1: he will. Oh, nice. I believe he will. And uh, I just did a part of our Eat, Pray, Fight documentary series for Fox Sports Asia. The one on Oliver came out today. So at like 8 o'clock tonight, I'll be sharing that via our social media networks and outlets and all that type of stuff. Awesome. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, uh, huge history in terms of the Muay Thai and, and all that type of stuff, but I guess it kind of, it didn't stop, but it, like, it just transformed and molded when I moved up to Bangkok in November of 2009, 10 years ago, uh, 10 years ago, wow. next month. Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Happy anniversary
1: for next month. Huh?
0: 10 years, happy anniversary. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. So it's such a big change from Phuket to Bangkok. And even the Muay Thai scene here is so different.
1: So different. So different. And I mean, it depends on how you want to look at it. Like, I, I'm a glasses half full kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm also... I mean, you're Le Crun, yes. So you at least are half half a step into the culture. They really don't want me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they, they really don't want me, um, yeah. no matter how much I do or or try to play the game, if you will.
0: They won't uh, understand. No,
1: no, and they don't. They don't care.
0: And it's not just that. Not just because you're firing, it's, it's the mentality and also the way you interact with people is so different to like the Thai way. Where, oh, just, for sure. where they're just kind of like kissing ass. Yes. You know. It's not going to work that way.
1: Yeah, I don't have any fear of losing face. The beauty about being an expat, which I suggest everybody do it at one time, like I think peace on earth can happen if it just everybody moves away from their home because the one issue that I see in today's society is all the keeping up with the Joneses yeah. type of stuff, just trying to stay pace with somebody that you don't need to be in competition with. Well, when you are an expat, when you are an immigrant – that's basically what I am. I'm, some people can say expat, some people say immigrant. But when you're an immigrant, and you're out of the social norms, like I don't care. I do things for me. I do things for my family. I do things that's for true. the people that are around me. But like, like if a Thai person comes over and is like, ah, oh, you shouldn't be doing it like that. I like, yeah, maybe I should. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But does your wife ever say things to you?
1: She she lets me know.
0: Okay. She lets me know.
1: <laughs> she know tries. Know I mean? She tries. And you're
0: like, okay. But she,
1: you know, she made her bed and sleeps in it too. You know what I mean? So like, like, she, you know. Um,
0: and then, like, how about your son? Because, like, you're bringing him up in the more of a Western mentality. Oh,
1: yeah, but I mean, you know, um, she's close with her mom and dad, so I'm close with my in-laws. They're at my place right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I'm here.
0: Oh wow! You know what I mean?
1: So um, he speaks Thai with them, speaks English. Oh, we all me. live together. No, they live in like they live out by almost by memory. They're like an hour and a half away, okay. and so I can do jokes like this because they'll never get it. They live close enough that they can come over to babysit, but they can't just come on over every time. So it's it's perfect insta- distance, mom and dad, Matt, Paul, Sudjarnak, Ding Ding. You know, you know like <laughs> they can't just drop by,
0: right? But which usually ties do, yeah, yeah. But
1: but if I need them there,
0: no, yeah. they're there.
1: Oh, that's which good. Is, which so, is awesome.
0: You got you got it
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, uh, yeah, it's great. And yeah, my wife, I mean, she knows that I'm a clown. She thinks that I'm a clown too, but I'm a very loving clown and I'm a, you know.
0: Yeah, and you take care of your son and you take care of your family. For and sure. That's it. Yeah,
1: It's a good connection, if you will. So, yeah, <laughs> where, where are we going to go from there?
0: Okay, so you, I would say you were the first person who started MMA in Thailand. Yeah. That was dare sports.
1: Dare fight sports. Dare, dare fight sports. Dare fight sports started up in 2010- uh, and it was actually Finnish guys that originally put it together. I was just the first one that was brought on as part of the team mm. to to grow it. And I was the first MC. And I was the first How'd one that find was. How they you? Uh, they found me from Patong Boxing Stadium. You know, from Patong Boxing Stadium. Um, they actually, you know, James Goiter, yeah, the, the writer James Goiter. Mm-hmm. They knew James Goiter as well. James um, had gotten in touch with them to do some writing for Dare Fight Sports for for that. He had just done like an article in his own like Muay Thai magazine. He had like a Phuket Muay Thai oh, wow. magazine back not in know the day. That. Yeah, he started out doing a bunch of like websites and small publications. But I remember he he used to print. Like that's how old we we are. You know what I mean? Like he used to print out his <laughs> stuff and hand them out and, yeah. and do all the flyers and stuff. Wow. And he had written an article on Phil Baroni, who was training at Tiger at the at the time. And um it all came full circle. But I met I met uh, Jussie Salaranta, who is basically the CEO of that company, mm-hmm. and Yane, who I'm still friends with today. And Yane is a very, I think he's the most artistic person to ever be in mixed martial arts. Wow. And I, I sucked up a lot of that friendship and knowledge that he had. And Are they both still in Thailand? I don't know if they're, yes, they're both still definitely in Thailand. I, I, just, I haven't talked to Jussie in a long mm-hmm. time. I talked to Yane, who is now an architect down in the Consitamarat. Oh wow! And he like builds buildings and stuff. And I don't know if he'll if he'll ever get into it. Like I'd love to work again with Yane. I'm sure he knows that. Um, and I would love to bring Dare back. To tell you the truth, I'd love to bring Dare fight. It was nice. Back. It was a
0: good good promotion. Yeah. yeah and I again, like
1: you were at our underground show. I mean yeah. like, We did not. I mean, in all honesty, like. By the way, like, I might be overstepping myself a little bit, but when I say, like, we were the most artistic, I still think that I'm the most artistic guy in in this. And it's really, like, if you go look at uh, UFC posters, nobody did a fight poster before D.A.R.E., nobody in the industry that didn't have fighters on it. Mm-hmm. Every fight poster from pre-2009 had – it was the same. Yeah. It, was, it was this. Yeah. And you – or or it yeah. was – I mean, even just go back a, just look, a picture
0: of the fighters. Just a like, picture of the fighters. Yeah.
1: Just a picture of the fighters. You you could have right. some flags, right? But it, it didn't do that. Go look at the old Dare artwork. Like we didn't we didn't put any fighters on it. It was you know it was like a a picture of a glove. You know what I mean? Or it was a picture of you like create
0: the suspense. Yeah, we
1: created a lot of suspense. It was a picture of an open wound. You know what, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was not. Gna- we, we did gnarly stuff. We did. Again, I I really do think like man. The fight industry is not creative, and if I have a suggestion for anybody that's out there, that's watching, that's a promoter or anything, get creative. Because the, half the reason I think the sport, or not the sport, but certain parts of the industry are 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 declining, is because there's no creativity and nobody. Right, they're nobody's, not pulling
0: in the people. They're
1: not pulling in the people, and, and they're only going after. I mean, like if I could give one piece of advi- advice for anybody that's a promoter. I, I gave this to you when you were doing the female fight league stuff. Do not go after fight fans. Right. Don't go after the gyms. Yeah. If they're hardcore fight fans, they're going to watch you anyway. Right.
0: You
1: know what I mean? And they'll, and they'll probably crap on you yeah. because everybody in this industry just shits on over say, yeah. each other. It's just a lot of bickering and catcalling and dick measuring, really, <laughs> which you don't have to do. <laughs> Thank God. You know? <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, we're in Thailand. We, we could get that surgery. I've heard people get it. Um, but you, I mean, yeah, there's just not a lot of creativity and uh, everybody goes after the same, like, like they go over to gyms and flyer.
0: Right.
1: Fighters don't have money to go to pay for tickets. Right. Thai people don't want to pay, pay for tickets. Yes. They, they believe it's in their should blood and should be free.
0: Most places are free. That's why yeah. you can't compete.
1: I mean, again, this is actually why I I'm pretty positive that I'm in the number one ticket seller in combat sports in Thailand and have been for, for years running. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's, it's because you've been to my show a, a bunch of times. I've ma- seen Yeah. the majority of the audience is 35 to 55 year old men that just want to get hammered. Yeah. And, and it's you that I appreciate and I salute my hats off to you. If I could just have more of the rugby team come, more of the softball team come, more of the uh, other, like anybody that plays basketball in Thailand, I want you to come to my show. Anybody that's into EDM music,
2: mm-hmm. come to my show.
1: But fighters, you guys do not need to come. Stay at <laughs> home. Watch it for free. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah. You'll appreciate it more anyway. Go yeah. for a run, train and watch. But I mean, I'm definitely not going out for
0: you want people, those people. You want people who want entertainment and who want to drink.
1: Yes, 100%. Have a good time. Yes, yeah. that, is, that is the show. It is right. MMA and a party.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what were your struggles setting up MMA? I was, let's start. Just man, I've just gone through all of them,
1: yeah. I, and I I I feel like I did them all. Like again, I, I you know anybody that's in Thai MMA. That that is relevant today or is out there is definitely associated to me. Yes. I um, I would say that I'm actually kind of a nucleus of a, of a spider web that, that has gone in many directions. Um, the fact that I'm still here doing it, I think is just actually a testament to my passion for it and not having to have a boss. Yes. Um, I've never really subscribed to anybody's authority. I mean, when we got it, we were the ones that got MMA banned. Dare Fight Sports was the one that got MMA banned in Thailand.
0: Right. I was going to talk to you about that. So yeah. is that a real thing? Was MMA actually illegal in Thailand? Is it still? Uh-
1: According to my lawyers, it was not.
0: Right. So it was a rumor.
1: It was a gray area. Okay. Remember, prostitution is illegal in Thailand. Yes. I can get you some hoes right now if you want some hoes. <laughs> you, <know, laughs> you, <know, laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it was a very, it's a very gray area. CBD. CBD right now, every MMA, like I, I love, there's a meme going around right now. That's like uh, uh, MMA fighters in 2009, how you could tell an MMA fighter oh, in 2009 I've seen that. and it's his ear. And how can you tell one in, in 2019? It's like, if he's got CBD and he's trying to sell you CBD, at use the my moment. promo
0: code. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I saw that. That's true. Yeah. They're going to have a ganja festival
1: yeah. in Thailand. And if that actually happens, again, uh, one of my lawyers is one of the lawyers that's working trying to decriminalize and do wow. all that stuff. And that's part of the Chinawat. you know, we're one group. Mm-hmm. So if they're, if they're doing it, you know, it's about to go by, Damn. but basically when the ban happened, it was the Muay Thai authority and the sports authority who, by the way, they govern themselves and you know, it and I know it, there's a little bit of corruption in there. A little bit did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh <laughs> they didn't want the competition of, of outside promoters or, or other things, but it it was really because we, and we know this now yeah. we didn't know this then, Right. but like, I'm friends with the guys at Lumpany. I'm friends with the guys at Rajanam and the guys at Lumpani were worried that it was going to take away some of the Thai fighters going to them. It was worried that they were going to, you know, mess up the culture or anything like that. But really what, what they were worried about was people going to a different sort of gambling.
0: Oh. Cause remember that
1: Lumpani and Rajanam Muay Thai goes hands in hand. They
0: control the, ga- yeah,
1: hand in hand with gaming and, well, and, and gambling. Another thing that's technically illegal in Thailand, but you can open air gamble at any at any Muay Thai stadium. Well, that's the in thing the country. because
0: Lumpini and Rajadamnern Stadium both have gambling licenses. Correct. So, like, what, how could you compete? If you did MMA, you cannot even. Well, get I, the I never license. go for gambling. Yeah. you have never
1: seen me have. And you
0: cannot get the license anyway. So 100% it's not, like, not competition.
1: 100%. But what it was, I don't know what their logic was, but I really do know that it pushed away a lot of the gamblers that were gambling on Muay Thai towards football. Oh. And like, that's again, like, I always say that combat sports grow combat sports. Yeah. And the negativity in combat sports grows football, rugby, baseball, the NFL, everything right. else. Right. I mean, when you see somebody who gets disillusioned by this industry yeah. and they go from, like, a fan, like, again, Hulkamania, to then realizing that the WWE is fake, yeah. then they're like, my heart is broken. <laughs> I'm going to go watch cricket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, another one that I'll, I'll say is that just everybody that's out there that's, like, a, a fight promoter or a fan, I still have them to this day be like, must be so easy must be so easy for you to find fighters because you got all these Muay Thai guys that want to come over to MMA. And that's the most retarded thing in the world. Yeah, I was going
0: to ask you how, like the difficulties finding MMA fighters in Thailand. Uh,
1: probably the same difficulty of going to Pakistan and finding an NF, um, uh, a baseball player in cricket, you know? <laughs> like, hey, Wayne Rooney, you can kick a ball, right? You can kick a ball. You, you, Wayne Rooney kicks a ball, right? Yeah. Why doesn't he go play football? Like American football. Uh-huh. Why isn't he a kicker? You know what I mean? Why doesn't anybody from rugby go over to the NFL? Well, they do now. one in a, Once in a while. But why, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're definitely. totally different sports. It's
0: totally different.
1: And people, some people don't understand that Muay Thai is different. Man, people are morons. Let's it's just face true. it. You're all stupid. You're all <laughs> stupid faces.
0: It's ignorance. It is. You know, yeah. Education. Yeah.
1: But I mean, you know, um, I think that there's a lot of people that think that combat sports lovers love all combat sports. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly not what it is no, there are people true, that though. only love muay thai there are people that only love k1 there are people that only love letway Kamir, muay thai but it, all of them and they're mm-hmm. all separate this is another, another one why the industry is having major issues
0: but that's what one championship is are trying to do right like on their promotion they'll have many different sport categories sure within one promotion does that work
1: Ooh, you'd have to ask them you'd have to ask them i mean d- does it work for me I enjoy all combat sports. I enjoy all shots to the face from tequila to left hooks. But um, I know a lot of people that like, for instance, don't go to one when it's in Bangkok because they want to go, or at least my fans. Yes. Like a lot of my fans don't go to their show. Uh, whereas I would say a lot of their fans go to my show. You know, in Thailand, at least, you know, Chatry came out one time and he was like, we've crushed the UFC in this part of the globe. Well, I'll go out there and be like, I crushed them all in Thailand.
2: Yeah. Even one. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, I've done more shows than they have. Um, Their shows are a stadium show. A lot of people in Thailand don't like stadium shows. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, again, it's your preference. It's to each his own.
0: Yeah. But
1: I have a a lot of friends that are like, I'm not going out to Moongtong. It's really far. And not, it's traffic and it's on a Friday time. night. Yeah.
0: So it takes you like three hours to get there.
1: Yeah. And then three hours to get back because you can't find any, any
0: and cabs. The amount of bouts that there is, it's just ridiculous. It's ten bouts, right? There's yeah. like ten fights in the in the night. So it's really, really
1: long. I would also evening. say that most of like like again when when like Nong O fights on the card or people like that, like I loved seeing Nong O in the stadiums. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: Lumpini Rajandon, yeah.
1: Yeah. Those those were great. When he and again, when he was Thai versus Thai, it was beautiful Muay Thai, mm-hmm. the whole Thai versus Thai Thai versus Foreigner thing is big to me. I'm racist when it comes to that. Dead serious. Oh. I, I I'm I'm with Kevin Noon and Rob Cox. I like Thai versus Thai Muay Thai as my as my heart. But when you take one of those guys and you put him against another Muay Thai fighter or a K one guy, it turns into a different thing. It's different. Yeah. And and I mean
0: the energy of the fight so different.
1: energy of the fights are completely different. Yeah. And you don't have the same
0: rhythm. R- I mean, one championship, they don't even play the music for Muay Thai. Yeah. So that also changes the rhythm of a fight. Yeah. I feel like. For sure. the Thais are just so used to that. So, like, when there's no no music, I can. They have a heartbeat, right? Yes. They, have they do the heartbeat. heartbeat. It's
1: very strange. Yeah. Puts me to. <laughs> yeah. It, it rests <laughs> my head when I hear it. I, I get not off.
0: No, but yeah, I know many Muay Thai fans who don't like watching MMA are. We well, got yeah, all other types of martial arts. You know? Yeah.
1: Like Again, tennis, I'll, so. I'll say that uh, the one thing that we've done very well is that you don't have to like combat sports and you can come to my show and still have fun. And I'll have Muay That's Thai true. fighters come to my show and then they'll want to cross over. Yeah. Because they're like, that was epic. Yeah, was like, fun. yeah, that was a good time. Let's do that. So, I mean, I do get, I get quite the crossover, but people aren't as naive anymore. I mean, we had Dream Man, Kritsida Kong Sri Thai. As a wrestler, I think he did a lot for wrestling in, in Thailand. Um, off of what fame he
0: Does wrestling has. have much of a scene here? No. Jiu-jitsu mostly. M- more jujitsu. jitsu hmm.
1: um, You know, again, I would say with Thai people being small, if you brought over a couple big farm boys from Kentucky to teach the smaller guys yeah. how to use their body weight, I mean, Henry Cejudo, look at him. and You know what I mean? Look at any of the smaller guys in the UFC. Most of them come strong. from wrestling backgrounds. So,
0: so what happened after Dare?
1: So Dare, like, we basically broke up
0: okay. like a band. Right.
1: I mean, more like a band than a company.
0: Because
1: uh-huh. um, uh, although it was a company and although, like, I was technically a shareholder in it and there were, there were all these different things and we were spatting and all that, um, what kind of really happened was, I mean, one championship was happening. So the market was somewhat getting... Because again, let, let's let's go back for the um, for anybody that's a casual fan, which I would I would assume there's not many casual fans here. Got to be the hardcores that love the jade, love the sport, and that type of thing. But for the casual fans, like people come over to me on the BTS all the time, and they're like, "Oh, you're the UFC guy." Oh, okay. Never worked for the UFC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're the one championship guy. Never worked for one championship. They just assume that the sport is there, and and sometimes I get like, "Oh, you're the the Muay Thai guy." Few and far between. Um. <laughs> But you know, it is. They're all different promotions, so they're all different businesses. That's okay. if,
0: I was going to introduce you as the MMA guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you I could be you yeah, are the MMA I'm guy. I'm the MMA guy in Thailand. Yes, yeah, for sure. But I mean, you know, there's all different like, and that's the, that's another major issue with all of these sports, mm-hmm. especially MMA, mm-hmm. especially with MMA that's uh, unregulated or has no governing body or no no authority. That's its own business. Right. Those. Those. Again, the conflicts of interest that go along with them, any of that type of stuff. That's their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the sport. And I would. Uh, and like again, going back to Dare Fight Sports when it was breaking up. Not that anybody else had anything to do with it, but like when there's other larger players, like one who's you know clearly the leader in Asian MMA out here. Okay, they might suck up capital from the market. And that might be what I was running my show on. Right. And if that capital is not there anymore and it doesn't make it, the other problem with like MMA fans is like, they'll even watch my show and they'll be like, Oh, he doesn't pay his fighters enough. And ever and like, uh. he's crushing it. And it's like, dude, I'm not realistically, I'm doing pretty well. Like I consider myself a very successful person in this industry, but it's basically based on my longevity. Right. You know? Um, to get
0: successful in this, in, in this industry in Thailand is really difficult. For sure. Yeah.
1: But then again, success is what you make Race, it. Yeah. I mean, it's your opinion. Right. Uh, success is definitely an opinionated situation. Um, I mean, uh, again, let, let, let's go at this. like World Series of Fighting. It's run by Ray Sefo, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Amazing K1 kickboxer, amazing human being. They lost $52 million. Wow. You know? Is Full Metal Dojo more successful than World Series of Fighting? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I didn't lose fifty-two million dollars. Right, a won. lot of a lot
0: of fight promotions lost a lot of money. A lot like of promotions.
1: Well, and then you got to go. You got to go with. I mean, technically, everyone that's at the top isn't in the green zone, right? Like, I mean, you can go look at the John Nash articles or whatever other articles mm-hmm. you want to look at mm-hmm. on one right. to see how. And whether or not you consider them successful or not, they gave away a million dollars to Giorgio Petrosian. Great. Maybe that show cost like $7 million.
2: Right.
1: Right. Did they get any of that money back like immediately? Or is that a long, cause he's playing the long game. He's playing, a
2: long he's game. playing
1: a, such the long game that we don't know. And again, the UFC when it was owned by the Fertitas and when it was owned by Dana White, clearly hugely successful because they sold it for $4.3 billion. So those guys made their money, mm-hmm. but now Endeavor owns it. And now they're trying to get back their money. That's probably why they do some matchups and some things to questionable that are yeah that suck. <laughs> some cards that suck.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean this Singapore card that's coming up is kind of a joke, and I kind of wonder. By the way, are they doing that because it's like oh we're in one's back to, backyard, we're bringing over Ben Askren, we we'll we'll just defecate, we'll we'll absolutely take a shit on this card, but people will still go to see it because it's UFC. Because it's UFC. Right. So you you almost get to a point where. If your business is, is still reaching to get money, you then will experiment.
2: Mm-hmm. I like, like I'm sure
1: you'll experiment with your promotion the next time.
2: Yeah,
1: You'll take what you learned from the last time and you'll totally go back and be like, you know what? I'm going to not do that budget. I'm going to not do that budget. Yes. I'm going to not do that budget. And we're going to bring the money over here to make it yeah. more successful.
0: Right.
1: Bunny ears. Yeah, that's true. You know?
0: Yeah, I went to UFC, the first one they had in Singapore. Yeah. It was also quite bad, though.
1: Yes. Yes. I was there for that, too. <laughs> oh, you was? Will Chope and, uh, Max Holloway.
0: And they had a lot of local fights yeah. as well. So, a lot of Singaporeans who were just starting in the MMA.
1: Royston Wee was on there yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it was
0: pretty
1: bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> um, but again, you know.
0: <laughs> it sold.
1: It sold. It sold. And I mean, the UFC is the premier league of the sport. The other one I would say, again, notice how I say they're the premier league of the sport. I also don't know if I believe in the sport or the spectacle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, again, a, qu- a question to you: Do you do you think that most of the Muay Thai in Thailand is made for sport? No, or entertainment,
0: gambling, or gambling, gambling.
1: You know what I mean? They I call mean, they're it trying mo- to do mo- the entertainment, right? Like-
0: Muay Yeah.
1: What's Muay do? Why? Why do they have oversaturation of shows? Right. Why on Sunday do we have Muay? By the way, have you seen Muay Hardcore? Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's me. That's, like that shows mine. I've been to all of those networks and been like, I want to do full metal Muay Thai. What is full metal Muay Thai? Oh, it's Muay Thai, but I'm going to play Metallica. Gl- oh, shit. Yeah. With four ounce gloves in a cage.
0: I was actually going to ask you this right. question. Yeah. Uh, again, I feel it?
1: very, very, uh, I, I get a lot of gratitude. Is it me.
0: true you once considered full metal Muay Thai, Muay Thai with four ounce gloves in a cage? Yes.
1: We tried to, yeah. Try, we've tried to do it a couple times. And again, like, I would say one of the reasons that I consider myself very successful is the amount of rejection that I've taken from ties and just walked through. I mean, how the, like, especially because now that I'm experimenting with the business side of it, like look for me to rock out in 2025. Like I think a lot more people will know about me in 2025. I'm dead serious about that because I've been doing this for 10 years, but I've always been doing it as a passion project And the reason that I'm actually successful is because I've done everything from an events coordinating standpoint. Yes. So I never went and raised capital like like one Mm -hmm. or like, I mean, because they're all different. You know, Brave is owned by a sheikh. Brave is owned by the Prince of Bahrain.
0: Right.
1: Chatry obviously is, but I don't know how the shares work. I don't even know if he's the majority shareholder of his company anymore.
0: Right. Um, But there's lots of parties involved.
1: Sure. And, and again, I don't have lots of parties. Right, right. I own like a, a lot, a lot of my company. And, I, and again, I, I we've always made a profit on our shows because we go after ticket sales, alcohol sales, merch, the, the normal things. Mm-hmm. And I budget my shows so that I'm not going to take a huge hit, which allows me to continue on, Right. you know, whereas again, like. I had somebody the other day because it always gets brought up like who's like Chattery the most, suc- most successful person in Asian MMA by far right now. Look at this article. It's like, yeah. But he says in the article, he says in the article that he wants their company to be as big as the NBA or the NFL. Yes. I, I'm messing it up. He wants it to be a media company as big as the NFL.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, then he still has a goal that he hasn't obtained. Right. So he hasn't reached his goal. I mean, so success is not eminent.
2: That's Are true. you with me? Yeah.
1: Whereas my goal was to be the number one MMA promotion in Thailand. Boom. Knocked that out of the park <laughs> for the last five years.
0: That's true. Fucking A. Yeah. I mean, on one championships website, they promote themselves as the number one sports media company in Asia. Sure. Yeah.
1: And it depends so like media. on depends on your outlet on that. Like, I think they'll do very, very well and be very, very successful with, um, with e-gaming for sure. Um, they say that they're going to go it's to the States. To the States. I don't know if that's going to be able to happen. I mean, it's sure it obviously could be able to happen, but the interesting one is, will they be able to hold the events the way that they want to hold the events? And will it have the success of, of what they actually want? Because again, being a hundred percent transparent and I don't really care about, you know, yeah, you you know, the rumors, yeah. y- you might get, uh, you might get blogged too. You might, <laughs> I won't, okay. but uh, <laughs> I'll, take <it. laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but I mean, you know, uh, If they go to the States, the amount of trolls that are in the States, like I love the trolls when people talk trash about me, which is far and few between, but whenever, whenever I do get to see like a, like a John, that fat fuck, what an idiot, that guy's half a mongoloid. We should, you know, whatever they say about me. Generally, I'm like, they said John (laughs) nut, they said my name, you know what I mean? Whereas like when people talk crap about the other one. Yeah. Everybody's got to go out and like defend it,
0: right? That's true. Good luck that is when he true. goes
1: when he goes to America and they start really. But I also think that that um, in marketing there's a thing called the Howard Stern effect. Uh-huh. And like I've always loved that. Do you know how, who Howard Stern is? You're aware of Howard Stern? I'm not sure. Howard Stern I'm is sure like the know. most famous disc jockey in the world. He had Private Parts, of the movie out. He's the host of like America's Got Talent now. Oh, wow. Long frizzy hair. <laughs> go check out his uh, uh, thing with Snoop Dogg and Seth Rogen because you'll really like it. But Um, He, when he was getting signed This was a big part of his movie When he was getting signed Pre-Serious XM Pre-WBCN Who he was on in Boston When I was growing up He was going to piss people off Because they said That the average Howard Stern fan Would listen to Howard Stern For an hour a day The average person Who hated Howard Stern Would listen for three hours a day Ah. So he would Yes, he would obviously go out and try be controversial <laughs> to try to have people hate him because those are the guys that are listening to him, listening to the most not to be that guy. But I think one championship in the States could be hugely successful, not because of Asian superheroes who uh, have built and run over mountains of adversity, but because of the people that shit <laughs> on those people who y- y- you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, again, Angela Lee is hey, that's awesome. True. Angela Lee is awesome. Super hot, super nice person. But if you go into some of the uh, underground forums, it's just a whole bunch of savages that are okay, like, I want to fuck her. I want to fuck her and her family. They make out. They make out. Her, her and her <laughs> brother make out. And they just they, they get really bad towards them. But
0: that's, but Ronda Rousey, like, look, so, so that's how Ronda Rousey got so hot. That's how Ronda Rousey got so popular.
1: Yeah. So again, if you don't listen to the negative shit, and I'm sure she could turn off her, her phone, and uh, she makes enough money that she doesn't need to have her phone on all the time. Right. Marketing wise, if she doesn't care about it, that's how heels became heels in the WWE. That's how Ric Flair drip went woo on this bitch.
2: Yeah,
1: Ric Flair would not have ASAP Ferg writing songs about him if he didn't have woo. You you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. It it was because he was the heel.
0: Then that could be a difficulty because, like, as one championship promote their fighters to be heroes, and they don't want any heels. Yeah, so no heels. Heels.
1: Well, that, again, a heel is a negative person in any kind of right. combat sports industry. Yeah. The heel of the show. The, the, the but these fighters
0: these believe in that, that they're heroes and they're all these, like, Ooh. godlike uh, people. And when they listen to all this hate, they're not going to be taken I off. know,
1: I know. But, but I've t- I've I'm, I'm, all-
0: I'm studying psychology right now, so I'll share my number. You can <laughs> hit me
1: up later when you, got, when you got some issues. Exactly. I got two shoulders. You can pick one to cry on. Either one works for me. But yeah, I mean... It, it does make it interesting. um, The amount of people that you know get torn down by those things.
0: Yeah, well, the, yeah, it Ronda D M A Z was the same, right? Like yeah. she got she got sky high and then she just hit rock bottom because of like, all the well, her emotions just going all over the place. Sure, she didn't know what to do in order to please the fans, in order to please herself. Sure, yeah. but
1: again, we're also talking about about a time like because we can now look back at it too. Like she was up for athlete of the year, like woman athlete of the year. And the media hype train behind that and behind the UFC, and because she was the first woman to be so dominant in this playground, she was made into an icon and idolized right away. But technically you had like Serena Williams over here win like three grand slams, like took the Wimbledon title. Like, come on, like, love me some Ronda Rousey. But you guys are not thinking clearly like this woman won. She beat me. to Tate. Cool, you know, uh, she beat be cat cool. This woman over here is like crushing Wimbledon, like, yeah. crushing Wimbledon, crushing the Lipton, crushing the Australian Open. Like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I guess it's is true. all I'm saying. You know,
0: but it comes with the times as well. I feel like because like Ronda Rousey came at the same time that the internet and social media was just getting hot oh, yeah. as well. So it oh, was a yeah. time. Whereas uh, Serena has been, been here for a long time before all the social media hype.
1: 100%. And I think we gotta give credit where credit's due. She really did, Rhonda paved the road for women's MMA. Mm. I think a lot of people, and I'll just go based on the entertainment, not on my sexist beliefs, not on my just, yeah, <laughs> male chauvinist pig headed beliefs. I'll go on that, but she paved the road. Because there were so many people that were so sexist before, men especially, that were like, I don't want to watch women fight. Yes. I don't want to watch women fight. It's boring. Boring. And then you have her flip a girl and rip Ooh. off her arm, and that introduces people to Joanna Gjizric, Mm-hmm. who although looks like Naras Fatu at some point, like Dracula, <laughs> she can elbow you in the head yeah. and to the point where it's really entertaining. Rose Nembijanas and and all the rest of the women that – have really come out. But um, who's the new one? That's Macy Barber, Marcy Barber, whatever her name is. You know, she just went on, on Ariel Hawani's show talking all this crap about uh, Paige Van Zandt. Oh. But it's true. They, they brought Paige in because she's beautiful. Beautiful. Apple pie, blonde hair, blue eyes. America's gonna dive into it.
0: America's sweetheart. But,
1: but she sucks.
0: sucks. MMA fighter.
1: <laughs> she sucks. She doesn't suck. Like and if, and if you're Which listening, not
0: that level. you don't
1: suck, but you're not at. Yeah. I, and again, if you believe in the levels of this,
0: well, that's everywhere though. Because even I was thinking to myself, like, I got a lot of fight opportunities just because I'm a half tie. Yes.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: Not because of my skills. Not because I'm not even that good, really, c- compared to some of the girls who were like up there. But yeah, I got the opportunities. But that's just the way it is.
1: If you're again, look wrong. It's the way to go. The way to go! I'm telling you,
0: go I mean, yeah.
1: yeah, again, half tie, half anything makes for beautiful, beautiful people.
0: You just get opportunities.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you do, well, it comes with marketing now. I mean, I for fighters that are listening to this, uh, I think that again, there, there there could be some kind of again report or paper or essay written about Full Metal Dojo. I should do it in the future. Maybe it'll happen. But I got too many other things that I, uh, are going on for to be right now. But the, the, the major thing about my organization is we don't give like really un- – we do it all about matchmaking. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we don't really give people easy fights mm. and we pay people nothing. Mm. I don't mean nothing, but you know what I mean. So you have people that want to like pad their records or whatever. Yeah, it's and experience. I'm, and I'm not mean. the promotion to come to. And I also get an international uh, type of fighters because I can get the, the fighters from all around Southeast Asia for cheap plane tickets and all that because we have AirAsia. Kudos to you. I want a sponsorship. Um, but I also have Phuket right there. Mm-hmm. So I can get fighters from around the world. Yes. Whereas, and and like, oftentimes I'll get fighters that call me up and they're like, yo, man, get, like, get me on your show. Um, I'll fight for six grand.
2: Yeah,
1: Great that you'll fight for six grand. How many tickets will you bring in? How many fans will you bring in to the, the, the thing? So like, again, for even my business model, my business model is not the same as one, which isn't the same as brave, which isn't the same as PFL, which isn't the same as Bellator. And everybody that thinks it's the same sport, actually there's no unity in those. Cause they're all fighting against each other. This is another reason. Why I, this is another reason why I like my position in the industry. Right. I promote all of them.
3: Yeah.
2: I promote all of you. Yeah.
1: Love, love, love the whole game. Never yeah. la- lost my passion yeah. for any of it. Whereas like, you know, Bellator is not talking about me. That's
2: true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: It, it, so again, like the fighters that are out there need to know what the people are, are are wanting. If I was a Thai fighter and I was, if I was a Thai fighter and I got some good BJJ or ground skills under my Muay Thai, I would move to Singapore and join, join Evolve. Because you're, you're you're joining the home of the promotion. You can
0: go right into one and championship. And you can go right into one championship. Yes.
1: But if you're Dylan Fussel, at Team Quest, uh-huh. who's fully tatted up, gnarly looking dude who can probably crush most of their roster, do you think they really want their ro- roster to no. be crushed? No. By the non-Asian superhero? No. No, they don't. We
0: need Asian heroes.
1: So he says exactly what they people just aren't listening. Right. He said they don't want uh, he don't they don't want Conor McGregor. Well, at the time when Conor McGregor was as popular as he was and he said that, mm-hmm. that would be like being like, I don't want Christian Ronaldo. You know what I mean? Like so you're why? saying you don't want the best football team. Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
1: And and like, like I've compared it a, a couple times. I've been like, well, you know, they, they have other places to go. Yeah, where do they have to go? Uh, Major League Soccer in America? Uh, oh, yeah, they do. And, like, you follow it, right? They, right. Beckham? Yeah. Yeah, he played. Like, uh he played for the LA Galaxy. Yeah. So LA Galaxy is at the same level as Manchester United. Yeah. It's, it's basically the same team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm fucking oh, with I'm, you.
2: <laughs> I'm fucking know. with you.
1: This is hardcore sarcasm. <laughs> what I'm saying is that because they, they are not the same. Yeah. When Wayne Rooney plays for Manchester United and then he now plays for like DC United, I can't then go out and be like, DC United, is the. it's pretty much they're on level. No, they're not. I think these guys, I don't watch... I don't know what D.C. United is. Yeah, I don't watch <laughs> soccer. I don't watch football. But I'm pretty sure they're crap compared to
2: yeah. compared to these. Yeah.
1: So, again, there's different levels and, and there's different ways of people that are listening and not listening.
0: Right.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, again, like, I think you could get signed to one championship.
0: Yeah. If I say I, – I already said that to myself. If I started fighting again, I'm pretty sure I could get signed to one Easily, championship.
1: Easily. Because Asian superhero. But would you want to fight Joanna Giudrezic? No.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> Do do you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> you, you might get murked. Yeah, I do not want to fight her. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So and it, it, again, it's a very interesting industry on on those ends as well, which mm. I personally I, I again think it's fun because I went from being a fighter to a guy that was passionate about events coordinating. And again, I now do like we promote comedy just as much as we promote, you know, MMA and I feel fortunate enough like did you go to film school or any kind of uh, school to learn about this type of stuff? Yeah, so you, you did all the multimedia and stuff. I went to film school as well, and I'm a film school dropout. I'm the only person at Fox Sports that, like, doesn't have a degree, I think. You know what I mean? So to go from, like, Patong Beach Stadium to Mass Fight with Bokau? Yeah. To go from Patong Beach and Kopi P Stadium to having and producing my own shows for Fox? Like living, living the dream, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and people like tell me every day that I got to get on Instagram. I got to get on Instagram. I got to get on TikTok. I got to get on Twitter. I got to do that. No, you have to. You have to. I don't have to do any of that. Yeah. I'm, already, I'm already doing it.
0: So, so what happened with Fox Sports? How did you get onto them and what are you doing for them?
1: Uh, I, I, I make content for them. My company is technically a small media company as well. So okay. I'll make, I'll, I will whore myself out and make content for anybody if they really want it you know uh i just you know my base knowledge is combat sports so a lot of people have me do that right uh, that there but um you know i originally got the job as a pundit so i was originally the one that was like talking to them and and again basically for a lot of people that don't know in the business world fox then went through a whole lot of jumps and now they technically got purchased by disney you know what i mean so there's a merger going on so espn is ESPN is Fox. Fox is ESPN, which is all under Disney. So there's a lot of, a lot of shifting and things. I chose to go with uh, the digital platforms. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that went with the linear platforms didn't make it, and that's also nice. just shows where certain things were moving. Yeah. Um, but we basically, after being a pundit for them for a while, and and like I, I used to fly down to Singapore almost every weekend to do their little show. Right. I would fly down there to talk for a minute and 46 seconds on camera to fly back. Wow. Like that's what I was doing, put it, go on, put on a suit, have the makeup woman come over yeah, Me be like, that. I don't want makeup. And then, <laughs> and, and then, and then, you know. She's like, no, you need it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> no, fecal matter face, you need this. Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, and then when I, when through through the relationships that I made it, Made at Fox, I was able to continue the relationship, sign other contracts with them via my media company, and then make make content for them in other ways. Oh, cool. The Eat, Pray, Fight show is the one that I wanted to do the most because yes. the direction of my um, life, especially at the time when I started the show, I'm a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. Still am, although he's a quitter. Yeah, I said it. People are going to hate me for that, but oh, that, oh I could feel it. Um, don't appreciate the fact that he committed suicide, yeah. but... Uh, love Anthony Bourdain, love Instance Kitchen Confidential. And my whole thing was that I want to be the Anthony Bourdain of Asian MMA. Wow. So that was the basis of the show, going and doing what Anthony Bourdain kind of did with the culture and the food and the travel, but with an angle on fight sports. Oh, and nice. um, in 2020, we actually, the show gets elevated mm-hmm. because of the whole merger. So it will go on to ESPN, nice. um, which is awesome. And it's now on linear. They, they take it, they put it from digital, they put it on linear. It plays as filler content. So it plays a lot. Um, and basically they've, they want me to go from eat, pray, fight. They want to, um, they want to heighten the show and have it be called like eat, play, fight, and then have us do other sports, not just combat sports. Oh, okay. So I'm looking to cover rugby next year. I'm looking to oh, cover. Nice. Yeah. That's fun. Man, to, I don't even know rugby, You, <laughs> you, know will, I mean? you I will know, but it. I'll learn it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that I, again, made it from being a pundit to a producer to a director is like like eventually, again, I don't really want to be in front of the camera. Um, the goal will eventually be to be able to produce and then go like, Jade, mm-hmm. we need to get Jade in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. We need to get her more ca- camera time. This is a very talented individual. We need her to do this. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of a lot of what I'm doing now. I mean-
0: Oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for,
1: for those who are not not there, we are in prayer mode right now. We live in a Muslim the Muslim area, yes. so you hear them praying. The prayer is on
0: four thirty a.m. You yeah. hear them praying.
1: Oh, so worldly. It's international. <laughs> Makes me feel good too.
0: So from the, the Fox Sports thing, uh, that's why I saw you going to Myanmar yes. and covering WLC. So right? yes, so I'm uh,
1: I am the I am the Bruce Buffer of Burmese bare knuckle. So I, uh, you know, I was going over there to watch Way. Pre Dave Leduc being Dave Leduc, actually, Dave Leduc knows me from hosting uh, Prison Fight. He fought oh, on the prison fight. prison fight. I was the one that, uh, if anybody can go back and look at it, when Vice did that Prison Fight documentary, you'll notice the main producer of the of the movie is a man called John Nutt. That's me. Um, I did the Prison Fight one for Coconuts Bangkok. Uh, is this still a- going on? It is. It still goes on, but they were worried about like. People getting in there on like a real corruption note. Because they wanted to bring over like the prison fight team from Mexico <gasps> and the prison fight team from Russia. And doesn't that sound a little bit like messed up? Yeah. Like, you know. Some what of I mean? these people are murderers. Yes. So they so the ties went back to kind of, I'm not saying that they dumbed it down, Lame. but they went back to what it was before: Klong Prem prison versus Klong Pai prison. Okay. And those boxing teams. Which for anybody that would be like an American, that would be like the American football, t- you know, NFL, because we have that type of stuff too. Oh,
0: really? Softball
1: team playing softball team in prison. You know oh, what I mean? we do. Yeah.
0: Sports help out Can with people go in and watch?
1: I don't believe so. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Um, and people, people, people are not supposed to go in to watch at Klong Prem and Klong Pie. You have a certain amount of the people that like come, or whatever. And then I'll tell you the truth you do. You definitely have some dudes that are like bloodlust. Monkeys that are up in there, like just want to be in there because it's so hardcore, right?
0: I'm sure, you know, I'm sure. Um, but they could make money from this, the prison for sure. Yeah, this will, I mean, like in the Philippines, they have that dancing, jail, yeah, right? happy, happy jail, happy yeah. <laughs> jail. People go in and pay tickets and watch these <laughs> Filipino, Spirit inmates. Inmates. Yeah. yeah,
1: do Michael Jackson impersonations yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I think all of that type of stuff is good, it's all entertainment. Um, but World Weight Championship to go back to that, uh. Like, I think it's going to kick off. I think it's going to be huge. Well, they're bringing I think in it's international
0: most- fighters as well. Huh? They're bringing in international Bro, fighters. Bro, I could tell you
1: a list, Like, because I, I can't tell you a list. Right. But there are people at the highest level of the sport looking to get in on, on that. It's crazy. Um crazy. Wild. And um, uh, I, next show is in January. But it, whereas everybody who is a casual fan in the sport, mm-hmm. the casuals might look at boxing and be like, oh, that's not tough, because they wear gloves or that's not tough because they don't add all of the different elements of fighting. King. And a lot of people think that UFC is like the toughest the MMA with the UFC. Those are the toughest guys on the planet. Well, now I'm giving you Burmese bare knuckle boxing. And these people are all heart, you know what I mean? And they are some of the poorest people in the world and they are truly prize fighting for rice and money yeah. and concrete. And yes. I mean that they have a fertilizer you know, people are fighting for fertilizer and stuff like that. And, and it's absolutely wild. And headbutts are included. WLC does not do the two knockdown rule. They oh, do not but do they do the, do headbutts. They do do headbutts. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Headbutts are go time. The only thing really different from, from WLC to traditional is that WLC doesn't allow the two knockdown rule. And by the way, for the, for the purists out there that are like, oh, man, they should have kept it. They should have kept it. They wanted to be on television around the world. And you can't have somebody get knocked out, then given a two-minute break where you throw water on him and you wake him up. For television, that just...
0: And then fight again. And then
1: fight again. Yeah. Doesn't work for television. So if you're wondering why they didn't stick with the traditional rules, it's not because they weren't hardcore It's a little bit unethical. But it's not even on an ethics note. It's on a production of television note. Yeah, true. You you can't... It's time. You can't have a Ah. five-round fight, then have a two-minute timeout in the middle of it are we, do we cut to commercial? Right. Like if if and no you're one, the no one wants to watch of the commercial show, for two minutes. And nobody wants to watch the commercial for two minutes. Yeah. I'll change the channel. Yeah. So if you're the director of that show and something like that happens, literally you're the producer of the of the show. What do you do? That's true. Cut to commercial. Cut to the live band. Cut to John Nutt? Yeah. Cut to this. Yeah. It's such a delay yeah. thing that they wouldn't they wouldn't have been able to do it. That's
0: so funny because that ten fight ten, mm-hmm. the, the celebrity Thai celebrities fighting each other. Yes, most uh,
1: genius thing in the world. F-
0: but three rounds, but it had one round of two minutes. Was y- it? Yeah.
1: So it was three minute, three minute rounds with two minutes in between rounds. No,
0: it wasn't. The break was really long. Okay. The break was like ten to fifteen minutes. No kidding. Yeah, and it was like a talk show in between. <sighs> But people loved it. I don't know why. Well, Just because the celebrities fighting each other. But yet that break in between, how can you watch a fight? Well,
1: it's funny because celebrity boxing has been done in the States since, you know, I remember when uh, like Screech from, well, come on now. From
0: uh, Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell.
1: Screech like <laughs> fought in like 1990 in you know, <laughs> on, like a, 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 a celebrity boxing match. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
1: Um, celebrity boxing has been huge everywhere. They never did it here. Right. And now they do it, I mean, it's winning awards, won like so an Asian, uh, you know. And obviously Matthew Dean is handsome. You can just get lost in his eyes. <laughs> I see you, Matthew Dean, turn to stone. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, again, it, it is great. Um, but that's, you know, that's purely, uh, what's funny about it is I do hear Muay Thai purists that are like so angry about it. They're not real athletes. They're well, not, they're not. And they're not. And we didn't bill it as such. No. Wasn't supposed to be. No. So if you don't like it. Turn
0: the channel. Turn the channel. Some of this are going to a training right now because I
1: have my
0: friend who bought Yeah. They have to train. Yeah, for now it. they have to like... Actually, yeah. right now I also have a, a Dala, a Thai celebrity at my gym. He's preparing for the next one, which okay. is like a while off. But yeah, he's who is like this. It's called Boy. I,
1: it's not boy like Peacemaker, boy. No, it? it's not. My friend's
0: name is Boy. And Jungkook might be in it as oh. well. He and my main and it. my main name. Oh, really? My mate Nate
1: is shooting to be on there as well.
0: Oh, that's I want to get I Mark Abbott on there.
1: Mark Abbott should totally
0: Kill them. do one. Yeah. You just
1: <laughs> go in there and just with people. his looks. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> with six-pack, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant idea for, for, for Muay Thai, which is in Thailand so oversaturated that you have people falling off and shows don't make it because the sponsors don't make it. Right. I mean, go through the list, like, like so even, many. even me working with It's like he had super fight, he had super Muay Thai, he had All Star fight. Yes. I don't know if I've, any of those promotions are coming back. Do no. you know what I mean? I don't think so. Um, real Hero, you know? Oh what I mean? yeah, Re- Real Hero. That happened Re- for like where, a month. Where is that? <laughs> um,
0: so many half of these shows,
1: yeah. like they just come and go. Why do they come and go? They come and go because a company goes out and raises the capital, all right, raises the sponsorship, and they run with it. And if they don't give them back their capital, and they don't give them back their sponsorship revenue, or in terms of any ROI that would come their way,
0: the show's gone. Right. The show's gone. And then the sponsors are hesitant to sponsor again. 100%.
1: Right.
0: And I think a lot of these promotions don't think so long term either. They're like, oh, the one show, the one show. But yeah, they're not planning for like the next five years. Yes.
1: And I mean, again, like this is, Dumb of me to say, this is this is like probably some of the dumbest stuff I'll ever say right mm-hmm. now on camera, but it's like, I've always thought with the popularity of, of my show that I, like I had Singha on board for a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um And then when we lost Singha, I, I was like, I'm totally going to get Chong, but I'm not going to get Chong because we know inside people that know that they don't like me. Oh, well now here's the thing. Chong, Chang is like 80% of the distribution rights for alcohol in the country. TCC, Thai Bev, yes. holding company. Yeah. So if you're not liked by them, you're probably never going to get money from them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just another one of the uphill battles that I've actually had to have in Thailand. But now that I like, I know that type of stuff, it's like, and, and where that really makes it hard is because Diageo, for example, is mm-hmm. one of the largest alcohol companies in the world, Absolute Vodka. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't want to be on board with me either Oh. because I'm in Thailand and they have to be distributed through Thai Bev. Oh. Oh, so then you can like see like oh that's how I that's how I don't have many alcohol sponsors that come on board and that's why I appreciate Dwyers and Rock Dwyers clothing all the time because it's the people like Dwyers and the smaller alcohol distributors, beer distributors keep that will keep me going.
0: Nice. Yeah. So your promotion Full Metal Dojo.
1: Yeah, Full Metal Dojo. Again, we're looking to do another show November thirtieth. Um, I say looking because it's actually not a hundred percent set in stone. We have uh, Javier Trujillo fighting Daniel Kerr on that and by a hundred percent not set in stone, it just means that, that date I would, if I have to back it up, it'll back up by like a, you know, Yeah, it, yeah. It, because of the logistics in my company, it's events coordinating. So technically insanity might have a DJ that comes on November 30th, like marshmallow and he takes precedence. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a lot of people, again, here's a, here's a, an interesting one just for like when we did our um, eighth show, our eighth show, we went back down to Phuket. The night before us, DJ Snake was playing. Oh, wow. Turned down for what? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So so he was technically the DJ at my weigh-ins, my post-weigh-ins party, you with me? Tickets for my show are a thousand baht. Tickets for DJ Snake are a thousand baht. Who brings in more people? Who brings in more alcohol sales? Now my show kicked ass and I really conquered it. It was a huge success. But when you look at this from an events coordinating standpoint, right? Why isn't the industry as big as it is? Well, if you have a good, a good events coordinator, like I consider myself a good event, events coordinator, mm-hmm. say my say my card costs a million baht, thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars that I'm giving out to the fighters. Yeah, I have to deal with eighteen fighters because you have nine fights. It's
0: a lot.
1: I have to deal with their cornermen. Have to deal with their teams. I have to deal with probably some like pre Madonna.
0: Yes. Pull-outs and... Crap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pull-outs,
1: injuries, all that type of stuff. DJ Snake is around a million bot too. You only have to deal with one person. Yeah. DJ Snake. Yeah. Maybe two people in his entourage. Maybe a rider that you don't really like. But I guarantee you, DJ Snake, world round, is selling more than Full Metal Dojo. That's true. That's just me being realistic. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, it's like... I mean, fighters nowadays, again... Let's not say it. You know what I mean? I don't want them to go out of business because it would affect the whole industry. But if one championship all of a sudden went down, imagine if they just went down.
0: Mm-hmm. It would affect a lot.
1: Where do those fighters go? Where, where where does everybody go? Like, where what? Where's what the ha-
0: goal? A lot of goals of just. Well,
1: and happened. again, there's people like, you know, like, again, like we're talking about the caliber of fighter. Rika Ishige is awesome. Huge fan. Lover. Such a beautiful human being. Huge Instagram model, you know, following. She even kind of knows that she's not at the the top call caliber. She's not at that level.
0: Yeah,
1: you you know what I mean. Yeah, but
0: she's given the opportunity. But so she's been, why been given the opportunity. Yeah.
1: So if you're you know if you're a negative Nelly, you want to rip her down because yeah. because you're a better fighter than her. But the entertainment culture that we're in right now, if if you don't have as big an Instagram following as she does, then you're not as big an entertainer as her, and you're not getting it done as well as she does. It is so, it's
0: superficial. Yeah, and that but that's everything.
1: Well, and again, so. I mean, you know, to, to come back to it. So you got to look at it. If you're looking at it as a sport, follow it as a sport, follow the UFC. Yes. They're the ones that have the best. You know what I mean? If you're in Bahrain and the kingdom of Bahrain, support your local, go support brave. Yes. By the way, I think the number one, like the rising, in, in my opinion, aside from full metal dojo, which is obviously the best, obviously the brightest, obviously the most awesome, I think combat America's. In terms of mma mm-hmm. the latin america community right now is is getting real into into mma whereas in asia i don't really feel like no. jumping on it you not know?
0: really
1: in um in mexico and brazil and argentina these teams are really having a big come up and combat americas if you've if you've never seen that promotion i
0: think go check it in out in latin america they have more of a fan base a oh, huge fan base yeah in thailand or especially in asia it's really hard to pull in the fans Unless yeah. they're like really, really into martial arts or, or fight sports. Sure.
1: And again, think about it in terms of uh, MMA in Thailand. Like the group is small enough that you and I know everyone in it. Yes. <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and now, who, who's watching that? The casual fans that will continue to watch. Uh, yes, that's awesome, and that's who I, I'm still trying to go after. But like, if you're like Ply, who yeah. you and I both know, TMAF, IMF, now one championship president. Um, you know, me and ply work together for like four years you know
0: mm.
1: like mentor manatee, manatee I, yeah mentor I, relationship. I know
0: like like you said the fight scene here is really small yeah
1: and again like he's got i i feel like he's got a huge uphill battle he's doing a great job talking to like uh especially with on like the one note on we are we are one note like yes. him talking to like united nations awesome you know what i mean mm-hmm. um philanthropy it's the way to go but I mean, he's got a huge uphill battle because I don't think many people in Blue Rum. You know, you asked me again what the downfall yes. of Muay Thai is at one time.
2: Yeah.
1: I know the, the down, I know what it is. And it's, it's clear to me. And I don't understand why other people don't know. It's socioeconomics. Mm-hmm. Thailand has always been a poor country. It was considered a third world country when I, where I was growing up. Now the country is not too poor especially if you're in Bangkok, you would not see any of thing that would allow you to think unless you were in Klontoy to think you were in a third world country. Right. Right. Well, now check it out. What happens if you're, if you're a country that's on the rise economics, there's a word for this, the nouveau riche, the people that have the new money, Mm -hmm. the nouveau riche. Mm -hmm. And what does it do? It changes your perception. So this is the only country that I have ever been in where people are proud to be of lower society. We even have a rock star here called Loso, <laughs> right? Sek Loso. So people were used to be out there, and, and because of Buddhism, because of Buddhism, mm-hmm. because of the king's number one uh, tagline, set to get poor, which means live economically su- sufficient. So you have people that are poor in these poor places mm-hmm. where most of the fighters come, let's go Isan, who are told by their king to live economically sufficient, and they revere their king, and he's awesome and Big ups. Buddhism tells you that reincarnation. I'm given what I'm given. It's all that I'm given. I don't, I don't need to. You know, if I messed up in a previous life, that's why I'm here. Right. Right. But now you have the nouveau riche. The nouveau riche don't want their kids to be low so. Right. They don't want their kids to be low society. Of course. And so they put them into, They'd rather put them into taekwondo than right. Taekwondo is the number one martial art in Thailand. Yes. By far. So when people are like, why is Muay Thai dying? It's dying because the older people that used to gamble on it all the time have found new, new outlets to gamble on that are easier for them. And the people that are on the come up don't want to be considered low society anymore. They'd rather go play e-games, which actually can technically earn their family more money. And they don't have to have the societal norms of being lower class. Right. I mean, again, not many Muay Thai kids get picked on. They don't like yeah. we don't see them getting picked on because they know how to whoop ass. Right. But what you do see is you, you see the lower, the lower society kids not want to play at the gyms as often, not go out to see Francis and Warwatana and, and, and the groups out in Ysan. Why? Well, dude, if you've been called poor your fucking whole life and now your society has des- decided that poor isn't cool anymore. Yeah. Guess what? You do not want to do. Go hang out with all the poor people. in the poor sport drink Lao yeah you know what i mean Mm. and sue us a bet so it's very easy actually if muay thai is saved it's not going to be by thailand no
0: it's going to be by america
1: yeah it's going to be by america it's going to be by the brits this
0: is exactly what i was saying It's growing around the world but not so much in thailand yeah
1: and and that's the major reason
0: and then people who do make it big in thailand they take what they can get fast and then they go
1: and then they go because again it's all about now 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 yes I mean, the, again, that,
0: and that's Buddhism living the moment uh-huh. so yeah, not 100%. thinking about the future and not thinking about relationships in the future or business in the future percent.
1: Yeah. which is again why Full metal Dojo is the most successful combat sports uh organization on the on the globe because we didn't listen to any of these. I didn't have any keep keeping up with the Joneses. I didn't listen to the ties when they told me to stop. I didn't listen to the other bankers when they told me to stop or partners or anybody that was financially going to hurt me, yes. You know what I mean? Continue on, stick with the business model, do my own thing. You know what I mean? Go after the movies because, you know, I'm a cinematic guy. So like, again, uh, I can tell you the future of, of, of Full Metal Dojo looks brilliant because um, a lot of people don't know this, but I believe that I was the creator of the Snoopcast. We asked Snoop Dogg, Full Metal Dojo, two years ago. Uh, a lot of people remember when I tried to have uh, TJ Miller who was TJ Miller from Deadpool Mm -hmm. from um, uh, Silicon Valley. We wanted to bring over movie stars and have them be um, uh, commentators on our show. The first one was Snoop Dogg. And I reached out to Snoop and his team. Um, I have connections in Los Angeles still that allow me to do that. By the way, I used to do some bodyguard work for Dr. Dre. (sighs) If you ever think you're cool, you're not as cool as me. Uh, (laughs) So... So um, Snoop uh, didn't want to come over to Thailand because of of uh, Trump and the political stuff that he was going through at the time. And I'm very, very com- confident that he basically was like, "Why would I go do underground cage fights in Thailand and get paid?" Because we were offering him like you know fifty thousand dollars, and my man gets like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a show. Mm. So why am I gonna do? Why? Why? Yeah. Why, why go do? Why do you do your crap when I'm getting right. 100, you know, millions of dollars a day and I don't have to go anywhere? Mm-hmm. Well, the Snoop cast didn't really work out because all the casual fans in the UFC didn't like his commentary because they're all so hardcore, right? I still think Snoop, if you can come over to Bangkok, I still think it would work because you're, you're not doing it for the UFC. You're not doing it for the premier organization. You're doing it for underground cage fights in Bangkok, Thailand. So that movie, uh, cinematic feel, we're still going to go after. And I will say it might take me a little bit longer than I will, but watch, uh, if it doesn't happen in 2020, it'll happen in 2021. And I'll have people like, again, like Danny Trejo, Machete. Uh, I plan on bringing these people over Whoa. to do, yeah. And, and then we would do from dusk till Bangkok, That's
2: so dope. you know
1: what I mean? Uh, but like Garrett Headland, the guy from Tron. Was, he was Patrick Lee's and Troy. He got his throat sliced. Oh, Brad Pitt's cousin talked to him. He loves the idea. Nice. DJ Katrona from Dust of Dawn. I grew up with these guys, so they know my boys. Um, but like Steven Seagal, love to get Steven oh, Seagal whoa. on. He, you know, loves this Thailand. TJ Miller, love to have back. Norm McDonald. Uh, again, I'd love to have some other hip hop stars. But if I did, it would be like Be Real from Cypress Hill. Tommy <laughs> Chong from Cheech and Chong. Norm McDonald. Again, uh, Tom Green. I did the Tom Green yeah, tour. Yeah. Tom Green was like, "Yeah, I don't know why you'd want me, but I'll do it." I was like, "That's why I want you." <laughs> do you know it's, what I mean? The Tom
0: Green show. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so. Uh,
0: yeah. So yes, uh, so movies movies have always been a running theme for female adults. Yeah, show. since day
1: one. Yeah.
0: Uh, so you grew up watching a lot of movies, obviously. Yes. T- tell me a couple of your favorite.
1: Oh, it's tough, right? It's so tough. You got to categorize it out. I know that you and I share true romance love. True romance. True romance is uh, probably one of my faves. My faves. The Quentin Tarantino, I have referred to myself as the Quentin Tarantino of Asian MMA before. So, I mean, I, I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought Cliff is one of my favorite characters. That was the Brad Pitt character that, you know. Um, but, you know, favorite movie is a hard one. It, it's it's where it's going at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, How about martial arts movies?
1: Martial arts movies? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I grew up with End of the Dragon, so I'm still like an End of the Dragon fan. Um, I'm not so big into the new Marvel stuff. No, I'm not. If you can tell. Like, again, <laughs> I'm not that way. Um, I, li- I liked the Joker more than I liked the Avengers, if you will. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's very tough. Like, on, on a movie note, cinematically, I like all the Stanley Kubrick stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a dark dude like that, so I love the Clockwork Orange. I love Full Metal, uh, full metal Jacket. <laughs> where, where did you get Full Metal Dojo? Full Metal Do- Dojo actually came about, though, it came about because the ties didn't want to call it moi gong. Oh. They didn't want so moi in a cage. Right. So I said it was a dojo. And then they were like, well, what does it have around it? Full metal. Are you with me? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, You're yeah. You're now yeah. in
1: a full metal dojo. Um, I've actually had this, the – Nice. Mark. Uh, I, I talked to the UFC and I've talked to all of them because we're all there. But like uh, Ken Berger, who was the former CEO of uh, of – of UFC Asia, he was like, that's the best name in any MMA group. And I was like, yes, it is. I'm glad you recognize that, sir.
0: So thank and you, I, Thais, for hating on that now that yeah, something so, else sparked from it.
1: Yeah, they didn't want to call it, you know, mm. that's mixed martial arts in Thai. It's a little bit longer, isn't it? They didn't <laughs> want to call it Muay Gong. They didn't want to say fighting in a cage. So I said, no, it's not, it's not fighting in a cage. You're fighting in a dojo, just so happens to be
0: surrounded by, by full metal. Uh, are you surprised that MMA has not grown more in Thailand
1: since? Shocked. Yeah. Utterly shocked. Uh, like Loma is fighting in the UFC this weekend. If Thailand gets their first person to the Premier League, British Premier League in soccer,
0: amazing.
1: It will be, People will lose their minds. There will be festivals. Yes. There will be riots, possibly. You know what I mean? It'll go crazy. Loma Lupami, first uh,
0: Thai, 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 Thai fighter them.
1: in, you know, and I bet there's a lot of politics that I don't know. Like, I they're getting shut down by this group and this group's shutting them down over here. But they
0: shouldn't do it because she's a female and even a female fighter in Thailand has less opportunities. So like her going to UFC is just amazing. And before any Thai male fighter. Fully agreed.
1: Yeah. But again, like the way that the contracts worth with the fighters and the way that the promotions nag and bicker amongst themselves. Yeah. I mean, bro, like I've had fighters that have, have, have fought with me, done really well. And then. They'll come back to me and they'll, they'll, they'll say to me like, yo, man, I'm going to sign with this company. And I'll be like, dude, you're not what they want. So you're going to get put up on a shelf right. and you're not going to get used feeding and I'll fight off. I'll, 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 give you three fights a year, four fights a year. You'll get maybe one. And if you're not going to fight with full metal dojo, I'll get you an, another fight on another promotion. Cause right. I, I do that. But man, if there's a lot of fighters that are up on the shelf here in, in Asia, and a lot of them can't get out, you know. So it, it, you made your bed. Read the fine lines. Yeah. Do all that type of stuff. But like uh, again, I just think that I think people should be psyched about Loma uh, fighting.
0: I think most Thai people don't even know about
1: it. Yeah. You want you want to hear a crazy one? Because like Asian MMA math is just it's doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous how people try to get correlation between these. But watch this. We have had four fighters from FMD uh, get signed to the UFC in the last six months. Wow. Two of those fighters lost in my promotion. So technically, Full Metal Dojo has just as good fighters as the UFC. Yeah. By, by, mathem- by, the, yeah. by the logic of Asian mathematics, yeah, 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 yeah. Full Metal Dojo, just as good an organization as, as the UFC.
2: Oh, I said that. I said that.
1: You know what I mean? Big shout out to Cole Smith. You know what I mean? Loma, obviously. Amir Ali Akbari. (laughs) Had some people go to uh, Bellator as well. And obviously, one championship, like the majority of my fighters go to one championship if they want it. But I would just say, again, if you're fighting with me and you're Asian and you want to go to one championship, do it. If you're fighting with me and you're foreigner, uh, maybe think about that. Maybe (laughs) think about it. You know (laughs) what I mean? Um, depends on where you want to go, though. Yeah,
0: it, it does.
1: To each his own, and everybody's different.
0: But most people they just want to build their records. So
1: you know the life after a fighter. If you don't make it, a, 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 if you don't make it, the fame and the fortune mm-hmm. as the fighter, the majority of them are trainers at gyms. Yeah. Even in America. Yeah. First world country. It's it true. doesn't doesn't matter. It's you true. you go to being so you have to think if you're a, a, a fighter and you don't want to do it for the rest of your life start being a good pad holder, start being, uh, start learning teaching skills, Mm. start learning how to communicate with young kids. Because again, also for like you, if you want to be a gym owner and you want to make two types of gym owners, the gym owners that want to have fighters fight gyms, which will not make much money. And then the fight gyms that go after uh, young kids and children's programs and working at St. Andrew's school. Those are the those are the cats that make you, you yeah, know definitely.
0: The,
1: the real loot in the industry. So depends
0: on what your goal depends is. on what you want
1: because like again like I know Boyd Clark who has always kind of kept it real down at Puget Top Team. He still is like I only want fifty people in my my classes because I want the fighters to be able to feel like fighters. Oh really? You know what I mean? Like so he he he's still even though he's very clearly successful at what he's doing, he's holding limitations because it's
0: a very fighter gym. He, it's
1: a very fighter. Oh man! I mean it's his tattoo on the neck as you can get, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a hardcore gym. So uh, you want to, I know that you get it, but yeah. I hope the listeners at home.
0: That's why, that's another reason why I'm studying right now as well. Cause I want another, another direction to go in. Correct. I don't just want to stay in the Muay Thai circle. The worst thing
1: you can do for your life is be a one dimensional human being. Right. You, you need the other dimensions, you need the other skills and you should at least at some point in your life, uh, travel and go see if those skills can,
0: work somewhere else work somewhere else definitely so you said earlier that you do a comedy night as well yes. so you, did, you did tom green well tom
1: green um i did doug stanhope who's like a hero of mine like every every martial artist lo- loves joe rogan because because he's joe rogan of course but joe rogan was one of two comedians that were they hosted the man show
2: uh-huh.
1: back when and uh doug stanhope was the other one and i've always like i don't really actually i like the joe rogan experience i think everybody does it's it's that popular. He's like the Oprah Winfrey of of, of
0: Everything, podcasts, though. he talks right? about everything, yeah.
1: But I'm actually not a fan of his comedy. I don't think he's a... I don't like his Netflix special. Go watch Dave Chappelle, though.
2: Ooh, Crusher.
1: <laughs> Bill Burr, Crusher. You know what I mean? There's Aziz
0: crushing it. I've not never... I, I don't really like his... I've never seen his stand-up, and I don't see him as a comedian type of persona. Yeah. So that's good. why I don't want Keep to. Keep that way. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer his podcast. Yeah,
1: for sure. So, I mean, um, yeah, but comedians again it's the same it's the same thing it's events coordinating right mm-hmm. so we bring yeah. in we work for a company that might bring them in or we work for them in in general and it's the same thing as a dj or any kind of entertainment night out you get venues or sponsors to jump on board to pay for the certain things to raise a certain amount of, of cash so that your company can take some and the, i can pay out salaries yeah Nice. you know um and yeah uh oh man like
0: any next big comedians
1: man i uh, you know i've i've heard funny ones i've heard really like louis ck because of the whole me too movement in the states like he's gotten his legs cut out from underneath him but he's never been to asia we don't care about sexism over here (laughs) right (laughs) here right no me too movement over here so uh like i've i've heard rumors that louis ck might be coming to this side of the globe um Again, like I'd like to get TJ Miller and Norm McDonald and and some of those guys. I'd also like to get some of the old like I'm not going to call them crappy. I don't love their comedy, but I'd like to get some of the old Adam Sandler people out here. Oh. like get get a uh, uh, David Spade out here mm-hmm. or um or some of those type of people. Awesome. Nick Nick Swartzen is another one that like I'd really like to get Nick Swartzen out here. Um and yeah, in the future I really do actually want to combine them. The the goal for Full Metal Dojo was always to get like a a big DJ on board, a big comedian on board. And then so you could have a three day festival. You know what I mean? Amazing. Way in, way in with DJ Snake and then DJ Snake playing the show uh, at, at Insanity. And then next day at the pool party, DJ Snake and then comedy night.
0: Amazing. That night. You know what Definitely. I mean? So it's
1: a full event weekend, if you will.
0: That, was, that would be awesome. Yeah. Free one, one event. Free one event.
1: Correct. Correct. I, I, I'm working on, uh, I'm working on, I mean, because you do a martial arts, ec- like it's a conference, it's an yeah. expo. We're working on our first expo for uh, 2020 awesome. next year uh, with Can't like wait. an award show and a like all of them do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's, again, it's just how prestigious is that award to some people? It's very prestigious to some people. They <laughs> wipe their ass with it. I don't, I don't care. Go do, you know, sit on it and have fun with it. Whatever. So
0: that's your plan for 2020. And then you have a full male dojo coming up in November.
1: Yeah. 2020. I mean, again, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing work point boxing. Because that's on DAZN. Okay. So that's Bank and Roman v. C. and all those boys. Nice. So I'm going to keep doing a commentary on DAZN with them. I'm going to keep doing a, a WLC, World That Way Championship, which, again, is definitely having the next show in January. That's on UFC Fight Pass and Canal Plus. So I like being on UFC Fight Pass as an announcer. Again, Bruce Buffer of Bremi's Bare Knuckle right. suits me. Um, they're trying to go to the U.S., as well next year.
2: Wow. It'll be interesting
1: to see which Asian promotion goes there. Oh, yeah. So, this how, is the. this is, Watch, listen, learn. So one championship possibly not, might not be able to go because they're not underneath a sports authority. So, like, uh, uh, you understand. Yeah. They're not underneath a governing body. Uh-huh. So, would their referees be able to go? Like, would Oliver be able to ref in Las oh, Vegas?
0: It depends where.
1: It depends no. where, right? So my law, my thinking is that they don't want to go any under an authority. So you'd go to an Indian casino. you
0: right, right. And. That would downgrade and, the.
1: Uh, I mean, possibly hugely. I mean, I don't, again, and I don't know what their business is, but I know a little bit about the WLC. WLC doesn't care about regulation in terms of.
0: Anything.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, they want to keep the headbutts. Right. And they want to keep the no gloves. And a lot of places like Vegas is not going to allow that. But a seminal casino in Florida might.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. You know what I
1: mean? Where Valor just did their bare knuckle show with Ken Shamrock, which my my buddy Mark Godbeer uh, was became the heavyweight champion. That happened on, a, on, a, on an Indian casino in like what North Dakota or something like that. Wow. You know, Wyoming has them.
0: Yeah. So I mean, had the Brit- the British one.
1: That, yeah. BKB, is- I, I love me some BKB. Yeah. I think I think BKB, like so. I think that for prize fighters, especially. DKB is what you should be looking into. We've had four deaths this year in boxing. Yeah, we have, yeah. You know, and not weight cut related.
0: It's brain damage. Trauma to the head, Yeah,
1: calcification to the frontal lobe, mm. slip into a coma, don't make it out of the coma. You know what I mean? It's Pretty clear that for the people that are in the industry, boxing is the most dangerous sport in the world. I would even go a step further and say white collar boxing is more dangerous because the athletes aren't athletes. It's some fat schmo. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Has he done blow the night before? Has he done steroids in his life? Has he done anything to, like, crush the insides? Yeah. So I think um, white-collar boxing is the most dangerous um, combat sport in the world, and boxing has to be number two. Wow. And everybody thinks that that way might be number three. Yes, if you have the two-knockout rule, got to put it up there. But um, bare-knuckle boxing? bro. I love the BKB in uh, uh uh Jim Dove, Joe, they're doing a great job. I've done two eat prey fights on them. Um I've been to their show at the O2. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I consider them one of the most successful promotions in the world. And where a lot of people don't know, I consider success like again where you started and where you where you're at now. So they started in like a barn. Wow. Like, like with hail bays. And now and they're in the and, and now they're in the O2. Wow. You know, they were in like Cardiff in Wales doing like shows I'll never forget Jim was like Jim was like when we first did a show it was 99% men we only had one woman there only one woman she was the hand rapper name was Sammy what yeah and the, and he goes and now we're sold out 4000 people wow. at the O2 arena 70% men 30% women and not all of them are slags from Essex that was it. That was it. That was it. I was like, dude, you are hugely you're the man. That's so funny. Um David Feldman BKFC and you know, they just had Bigfoot and Gonzaga. That guy seems to be crushing it with getting all, over all the former UFC fighters. Well, the former UFC fighters are getting it too. Like, yes, I have less options, but bro, I have less options to be hurt. You don't your your fist is not stronger than my skull. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Again, man, like what, Zab Judah, when he went into his coma, 297, Patrick Day, who just who just died. Yeah. He had over 300 shots to the head in one night. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you're not making it out of the Scary. coma. Um, whereas bare knuckle boxing, 30 shots to the head. You give me 30 shots to the head, yeah. good luck with your wrist. Yeah. Good luck true. with your knuckles. That's true. You're not punching me in the head much longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Matter of fact, I'll take it. you know what i mean put the head down um so i think bk uh, boxing it actually it gives the blood the casual fans want almost the safety of what a promoter might want for because like i've seen some of the like i bet their bills are cheaper than mine if i have one dude like tear an acl like my you know what i mean if i have one guy god forbid die like but Uh like if you have one guy like slip a disc in their lower back that i have to pay for that could be the end of the show it's expensive man. it's
2: expensive
0: i know that
1: <laughs> yeah i do too you, you. Oh, you had surgery? oh yeah i did yeah oh, six weeks ago
0: wow Damn, i'm new
1: i'm new i'm still doing physio and everything
0: what surgery did you have
1: uh, my l5s1 and 6 L- i had, I had L5, the discs S1. taken out i did i did not fuse i did not go and they're like you're gonna have to do it again in 10 years i was like yeah wait let's do it again
0: you had the disc taken out and then what what happened?
1: No, I do not have discs between my L5, S1, and 6. How can you move? I'm just vertebrae on vertebrae. <gasps> rocking it. Yeah. Hardcore. But again, it was it was all sciatic pain down the left side of my leg. And I started it got so bad that I was medical terms, trickling.
0: Oh no. Just
1: urinating myself.
0: Oh. Not no. wanting to, Yeah.
1: This, this year's been pretty shit for me, actually. Well, me know?
0: too. I've you
1: know,
0: <laughs> screws in my back now. Yeah. 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 Shit, I can't I, believe you didn't have, have the fusion. Yeah. Why?
1: Because, again, there was talent telling me that I would take away from the flexibility and I wouldn't be able to possibly kick the way that I used to kick. And I do have dreams of getting back in there one what day. What fusion were
0: they talking about? From the back? Yeah. Mine was from, the, from my lift, same as um, uh, Tiger Woods. Okay. So that actually is... I have, Not as serious. My flexibility is Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, Uh, everything down my left, like, I used to be able to do, yeah, I used to be able to do splits. Yeah, I I mean? You used to be able to do splits? Oh, yeah. I still touch it. Come on now. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, And I still, like, again, I don't want to fight, like, I don't really actually, I don't want to fight MMA. No,
0: don't. I don't want to fight
1: boxing, but I would love to have another Muay Thai fight. I'd even have, I'd love to have have a Letway fight.
2: Wow. Yeah, just to, again,
1: like, again, if if Letway really takes off, I, and... The love that they have behind their sport in Letway, because it's very similar with the xenophobia in Myanmar yeah. as to Thailand, except they want to pass it on to foreigners. You've seen that with Dave Leduc.
2: Yeah.
1: Muay Thai doesn't want to pass it on to That's foreigners. True. So I, I could totally imagine in like 10 years from now, whereas there should be a Muay Thai gym on the every, every corner, just like there's a, 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 a noodle shop on every corner, right. or just like the Irish have Irish pubs. Yeah. Thailand should have exported that commodity. They should have. But
0: they, but they didn't. Yeah.
1: And I could see Myanmar doing it. And like, because it allows headbutts, no gloves, tougher combat sport, tougher martial art. I could totally picture like whereas there's now like Boston Muay Thai, back where I'm from, or Montana Muay Thai. Right. Montana Letway. Montana Myanmar Letway. Yeah. Boston Leduc Letway. I could picture him opening up at a school you know, over there. So I could I could picture Letway really growing.
0: And they're also promoting female fighters yes. as versus the, the male fighters like 100%. Yeah, they're they're choosing really good female fighters, not just the ones who look good.
1: And they're not really making them go under the ropes either. Wow. Um, hey. I mean it is the big bad older brother. Yeah. There are so many similarities like when the ties go "oh way, oh way." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Burmese go "ara ah <laughs> Whereas the Thais have the moi plang is
2: Yeah. The um
1: Theirs is done with symbols. So it's all Oh, yeah,
0: I heard that. That's nice. So
1: it's yeah, it just makes it feel a lot more. It
0: gives the energy.
1: Hardcore. Yeah. Right. So it is it is a rough and tumble one. I I dig it, you mm-hmm. know? I love all that stuff type of stuff. I mean again, I'm gonna continue to focus on Full Metal Dojo, but the goal was never to have full metal dojo. The goal was always to have full metal dojo be like a real hard grassroots company that if it could get the popularity of the other ones, I mean, cause imagine that. Like we're the first ones to get on Fox, yes. As like a club show,
2: yeah.
1: Imagine if my, my overhead is what it is, and yet my viewership goes off like a like a band, like a band. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Then I could start paying higher athletes, have higher quality, have everything else. The Instagram, all that will come with it, right? But my cost is still yeah, like goose egg, right? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, if, if I had. I'm sure there because I know some of the sponsorships that are out there now that I'm, that I'm working with all these and I'm finding out what, the, what these sponsorships are. Dude, Nemeroff Vodka, that's the number one alcohol brand for the UFC. Mm-hmm. Dude, they're paying like high seven figures, eight figures wow. to be up with the UFC for those yearly types of things. And I mean, wow. I mean, I don't know the full numbers, but believe you me, they're up there. Well, if, if I got one dude on board for say a million dollars a year, If I had a million dollars a year, I'll do Full Metal Dojo once a month and I'll have the top athletes in the world fighting on it because the costs like, I mean, again, when one championship goes out to Mung Tong Thani, how much does that
0: cost? A lot. A lot. Plus all the marketing they do. Plus all the marketing. So much.
1: Do you know anybody that's bought a ticket? You don't even want to say it. Look at that. (laughs) i hide. You know what I mean? Again, I I believe I sell more tickets um, at a higher cost. Yeah. So imagine again, imagine again, if you did your show at a smaller place. That had uh, bigger people on it. That would a- attract just a bigger ticket sale, right? Like again, I I love working for the Operation Smile people, and I love the Operation Smile White Collar Boxing mm-hmm. Night that we do at the Marquee. Yeah. and that's great for for philanthropy. Imagine if you were almost doing the same thing, but not not there. So you were doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You got, um, you got twenty five tables, all with ten people at them at a time. So you got two hundred and fifty people. It's ten thousand baht wow. a ticket.
0: Wow! Wow! Per person. Per person. Yeah. Wow!
1: Not for operations, mom, but I mean, it's four thousand baht for per, per
0: uh-huh. person. Uh-huh.
1: You, you either do four thousand five hundred, I think, for one ticket, or you buy the table for forty thousand baht. Right. Wow. Of ten people. So, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you you could do it's all it's all where you're looking at it. I mean, and it's all
0: it's all it's all how you value it.
1: One hundred percent. And again, and then again, coming back to him like. I'm a nerd. No offense, but you're a nerd too. Like anybody that's actually fight-oriented the way that we are, yeah. we're dorks. Right. And uh, we're really, really into it. Like, <laughs>
2: um,
1: Well, like you can't go to the average person on the street and be like, uh, who's your favorite person in the UFC? No. You know what I mean? The one thing that the UFC has above everybody else in every other promotion, and the only reason that really good fights are lined up is when you know both fighters' names. Here's a key: If you don't know both fighters' names in a fight,
0: it's not going to be entertaining. Is
1: it going to be a fair fight? Is it going to be an entertaining fight? Okay. If they're marketing one, like if you can't gamble on fighting, is it a fair fight?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when anybody's like, you know, can't wait for the Sanchai fight. No, I love Thai fight. Your brother rocks it at the Thai fight.
0: Sanjay's an entertainer. It's it not is. for the
1: fight. But no, you never hear like, unless un, unless up. it's like, oh, I can't wait for the the Liam Harrison match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Unless it's that, it's always can't wait for the Sanchai fight.
3: Yeah.
2: Can't
1: wait for the Sanchai fight. Yeah. My man's won like 103 fights in a row, wins. And granted, they're probably not matching him up against the very, very, very top in his weight class right now. But who cares? He's still cartwheel kicking people in the head. Right. It's still awesome to watch, like like you're saying. Yeah. But at the same point, the one thing that the UFC does is it's Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. Right, and I, I don't know who's going to win. That's
2: true. I
1: really do believe that Robert Whitaker. I, I thought Robert Whitaker was going to was going to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you have now, like again, you, when you have these people, like again, Max Holloway fighting Alex Volkanovsky, Alex Volkanovsky training at Tiger Muay Thai right now. Who's going to win this matchup? I mean, you know, my heart says Alex because I know him. My head goes with the Hawaiian because I've seen what he can do in real life.
0: That's more fun though.
1: Exactly. it's way more fun to, to, once again, to, to make these outcomes and, and whatever. And yeah. I, I think, again, you got to give kudos to, to the UFC for basically, mm-hmm. did they start the game? No. There was unlicensed shows. There was karate competitions. There was, there was again, do your history. There, there's plenty of matchups and plenty of promotions that were before the UFC. But the UFC modernized it, popularized it, and marketed it to the point that it is what it is today where a casual fan like my grandmother actually knows who Conor McGregor is. Do you know what I mean? There's no reason why a 93-year-old woman, you know, in Pennsylvania should know who this whiskey <laughs> tout and leprechaun is, do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But she loves him. Yes. And I love him too. Yeah. Go Conor. Entertainment. Just stop with the rapey stuff. Yeah. Apparently he's like all questioned out with all and It's crazy
0: all right and 12
1: 12 <laughs> come and sponsor me
0: <laughs> John, how can people follow you i follow full metal dojo
1: Follow full metal dojo on uh, i think we're on all, all the platforms i actually i don't do that part of the business okay so like i i'm not on instagram and i'm not on twitter and i choose to live my lifestyle that way when i start making enough money that i want to force it down people's throats then i'll do it then okay. i'll jennifer aniston them i'll give you my friends and come out there with 10 10 million off of the bat yeah, exactly. You know, but I, you know, again, like I'm doing, it, I, again, I'm actually loving this journey. It um, is, it is a journey. Yeah. Even
0: myself, like I've got, been through every part of Muay Thai now that there is. And yeah, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. hundred
1: percent. And the same way with me, my next thing is actually to get corporate. Like I'm just not corporate. Yeah. When I go to meetings with Chung, I mean like one of the reasons they don't like me is probably because I showed up in, a t-shirt. in t-shirt and sandals the t-shirt probably said, like, Akfe Uye is my best pig Latin. Or something. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just, uh, so my next thing is, like, I'm not on LinkedIn. And I have people all the time ask me, for, like, bro, like, I wanted to hire you as an MC, but you weren't on, I didn't have, like, I just hosted a wedding over the weekend. Oh, wow. Did, did, a, did a wedding over the weekend. Such a great time. Doing dual language and, you know, singing again, like, dog long could prom like kitchen mine. I'm at the wedding doing that. That's the reason that I'm doing it. Yes, I get paid a little bit, but it's actually like, holy shit, what do you do with your life? Oh, I host weddings in Sri Racha, Thailand. I grew up in Marblehead, Massachusetts. The, the juxtaposition of these things are so weird that I still am not bored.
2: Yes, Like, it's just true. mind-boggling. That's true. You know? Mm-hmm. To
1: come here in 2004 with, like, the passion of Muay Thai because I loved Bokal Bunjamek, and then here I am... 16 years later, doing the, doing the coverage and the announcing and the commentating for Borkow's show, I mean, shit, I don't need to take a picture of me and him and put it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah I don't need to. Cause I'm living it. Yeah. Like it's it, like how many, how many Moy would love to come here and have Borkow know who they are or go hang out with him. Loads. Loads. <laughs> and I can actually do it. He not only knows who I am, we can go sing karaoke together. He loves karaoke. He loves karaoke. <laughs> And I'll break off the Carabao music. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I love when I meet people though, in America and they're like, oh, I'd love to meet Borkow. Oh, do you? What would you say to him? Oh, just tell him everything. He wouldn't understand you. You would have nothing in common. But that, that's There would the thing, be no though, like, common ground.
0: Yeah. People have these idols and they really wish to meet these pe- people. But once they meet them, the idolism kind of drops yeah. because it's not
1: what they expect. Of course it's not. Because you, you know, don't like, even speak the same language. Yeah. Not even on the same wavelength economically, he's,
0: he's not the most conversational person either. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but we were at the, again, like we were at the, uh, again, we were, at, this is at one of the mass conference, like uh, press conferences and they, dude, somebody was bringing up e-gaming and like, you know, what kind of video games did you play with when you were a child? out. Oh my God. Right? What kind of? He was like rocks. I played with fucking rocks. <laughs> I played with dirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? I played with a coconut yeah. shell. You know, you know what I mean? I didn't. What? Nintendo. What Who asked that? Oh, idiots, you know, Muppets. <laughs> but, but, but like they, that, that is the type like, of
0: thing. I was in the Muay Thai gym getting whooped by my trainer. Correct.
1: Yeah. Correct. Prov- providing rice for my mouth because, you know, you know, did you go to McDonald's broke out? What the fuck is, you know what I mean? No. <gasps> No, yeah. no common ground socioeconomics. Wow. You're not on the same par. Brave lame length. You're not. I mean, how old? Is, love him. Ha, has to be a very powerful brain to get to the point where Borkow has gotten to. But what's his education level? Sixth grade? Yeah. Sixth grade in Thai public schools.
2: Right. Woo-wee. Yeah.
1: Let's go talk to Borkow about, uh, what do you want to talk to him about? The three tenors? Well, who's your favorite opera singer? Borkow. <laughs> Which 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 three tenor do you like? What what book? What sauce? have you read have, have you read Sapiens by Yuval Noval? You, you know, I know what mean? I mean? You <laughs> know what I mean? Have you read Sapiens? Is that is that one of your favorites? You know like no, it's clearly not. <laughs> I don't even think he's heard of sapiens. I don't think you know, so. You know I mean?
0: He's like, but, I know what humans are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's again, it's just
0: Yeah. It's no. a fun time. It's That's all so entertainment. Funny. Oh yeah. yeah, so okay. So a full melodrama. you can just see. Search so like that in Google or Facebook. You find yeah, it. Google
1: anywhere. Full Metal sure. Dojo. You can Google me. I'm Googleable. You can Google John Nut. Um, I think you should check out Dwyers. I think you should check out Operation Smile. I think you should check out WLC WP Boxing. All those types of things. And again, I think you should check out more combat sports that aren't just the one that you're accustomed to. Get out of the comfort zone, people. Go check out some other combat sports because they really are beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful, and they can be just as entertaining as you know. Support your local MMA, because your local MMA might be just as entertaining as the big boys.
0: All right. Thank you so much, John, for coming thank on the show. Dear. It was really fun.
1: I'm sorry that I talk so much.
0: No, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's what a podcast is, you know? <laughs> anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Please hit the like and subscribe button. Follow the Jay Marisa podcast. Thank <laughs>